Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Data on Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Data on Tolbert. Uh, tonight's topic is a um, you know an interesting one. It's one that's actually, I, as I like to say, has been mentally marinating over the last couple of years. Actually, some of you may remember uh, a couple of years ago, Lupe Fiasco came out with a song, a very popular song entitled uh, "Bitch Bad." And uh, you know, it's funny. Like my inbox was literally flooded. Inbox was flooded. Um, Facebook was flooded. A lot of people were just hitting me up, like, "Yo, have you heard that new song by Lupe Fiasco?" And I was like, "Yeah, I heard it." And really, for the for the for a while, I hadn't heard it, um, and I was just like, oh, "I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out." And so, you know, after enough people, you know, hit me up and was like, "Yo, you should listen," I was like, "You know, I checked it out, and it was a really good song." I'm not gonna play this song tonight, but tonight's topic is about that. It's inspired by, you know, that topic. We hear uh, in today's society a lot of women, young, old you know, middle age, you know, referring to themselves as being bad bitches, you know, not, you know, Nubian queens, you know, black princesses, you know what I mean, nothing like that, but, you know, just more and more, you know, bad bitches, um, and that is a very uh, troubling, very disturbing uh, trend that we're seeing that is really having a negative effect on on society as we know it as adults, but also on the young women who are coming behind us, on the young women who are looking up to these artists, you know, these entertainers, and I use that term loosely, uh, as you know, because they they unfortunately in today's society the the black home as a whole has been be, be, you know it's become broken, you know the fathers are not around a lot of times to tell their daughters hey look you know this is what to do this is what not to do the moms are often doing exhibiting a lot of the same types of behavior that we're trying to you know get these kids to not exhibit so obviously they're not going to be any help so these these kids a lot of times out in in society left to fend for themselves and um you know a, a, as a result they're seeking to role models these these idols these entertainers to be their role models and you know if a Beyonce says you know I'm a bad bitch, you know, or Jay-Z, her husband says, you know, bad bitch, you know, H-Town, referring to his wife, Beyonce. You know, little kids are are hearing this and, and saying and thinking that that's okay. So tonight we want to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but uh, we definitely want to talk about that phenomenon, you know, the and the comparison between uh, bad bitches versus beautiful, classy, humble respectable women okay and and you know that you know and really from also from a biblical standpoint you know we've done a number of shows on on proverbs 31 and you know the definition of a great woman and a great wife and what it means to be a virtuous woman so definitely uh we want to talk a, you know a lot about the, you know the comparison and and hopefully some people will hear that and really start you know getting it through their head that that is not a good thing it's not a term of endearment it's very disrespectful. It's very derogatory, and um, you know, we, we, hopefully, we can uh, start seeing some changes. Uh, you guys are welcome uh, at any time tonight to call in live with questions, comments, feedback. Six four six two zero 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 three six six at the number on your keypad. Any anything, questions, comments, you know, anything, hit us up. Courtney is here with me tonight. Courtney, what's going on with you? How do you feel about tonight's topic? I'm excited to talk about it. I am very, very excited. Good, good. Let me ask you, have you ever in the past referred to or thought of yourself as a bad bitch? Absolutely. Describe that. Like, what what does that even mean? 
Um, but what did it mean to you? I was about to say it means nothing, but, <laughs> um, you know, at the time, I, I just thought it meant, like, you know, t- to me, I thought I was, you know, sexy, had to weave in, and I was just really feeling myself, and, um, you know, I like to you know, wear tight clothes at the time, you know, to show off my body, stuff like that. And and then men would, like, gas me up with, you know, different compliments and stuff. And so that would cause me to really think I was doing something. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I can definitely uh, relate to this topic, or at least, you know, at one point I could. Let me ask you, but why a, a bitch, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not just say I'm a sexy woman? I, You know what I mean? Why why being a bad bitch? Isn't, isn't that, like, kind of a derogatory term? Yeah, but for some reason it made me feel like I was powerful, you know, like I had some type of control. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, that's real. You know, it's definitely real. We, um... You know, it's one of those things where we're, you know, women nowadays are, it's like a, a, a power struggle. So many women have spent so much time and so big a part of their life being oppressed uh, by men, being dogged by men, controlled by men, used by men. So, you know, at a certain point they say, you know what, I'm going to take the power back. You know, I I'm that bitch. You know, you hear that a lot. You know, in fact, Beyonce actually has that exact, you know, lyric in, in her song, I think, Ego. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, some of them, I'm, and I'm that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You know, and so these, these, I'm talking about millions of young women are hearing these terms coming from, and if we're talking about Beyonce, the most influential woman in the world, uh, as reported by Time Magazine. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's major. You know, this is someone who Barack Obama and Michelle Obama literally put up on a pedestal by and say that there is no better role model for their two young girls. I believe one of them is a, is a teenager at this point. You know, and uh, you know that's this is you know who is co-signing a woman who refers to herself as a bad bitch, and it's like nobody sees a problem with that. Nobody sees a problem with Beyonce because she refers to herself as a bitch or sees a problem with the President of the United States who says that this is a good role model, someone who refers to themselves as a bitch. It's 100% ridiculous, you know what I mean? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so we want to talk about that a little bit tonight. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll table that for a, for a second. You know how we do. We got, we're going to come back to it because there's a lot that I want to say about it. A lot of things going on in the news. I'm not sure exactly what day this is. I know we're we're almost a week into this uh this whole government shutdown thing. And you know, I really want you guys we talk a lot about this stuff. I really want you guys to pay close attention. I posted a link online and it's and I've I've said this a number of times in in past events, you know, we're seeing uh certain things that just totally dominate, you know, CNN and NBC and the news. You really want to be careful to to look behind the scenes and see what's going on, what laws are being passed, what you know, what uh, regulations are, are getting pushed through. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes while this this uh, government shutdown is is going on. One thing you got to keep in mind is that um, if you guys watch the news or um, you know follow this stuff, the uh, we've been talking a lot about the RFID chip. You know what I'm saying? What a lot of people are calling, you know, what what most likely will end up being what is known as the mark of the beast, as referred to in, in Revelations, where people will be required to take the mark. You know what I'm saying? And, and 
That's just what it will be, you know, that's the direction society is going into. That's what the Bible says will happen. And a lot of people are, you know, are uh, are afraid, like, yo, this is this is that. This is the direction. And uh, in, in uh, this new Obamacare legislation, there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, it's kind of snuck in there. They don't really publicize it, but um, that RFID chip, chip is being implemented into legislation as far as Medicare and just, you know, will be a part of, um, hospital care and, and doctors visits, you know, and just medical care as we know it. It's the that's the future of of really just watching over us and, and um, keeping records and things like that. A lot of you don't know this over the past week, okay, that the government has been quote unquote shut down. All right, the that RFID chip was actually uh, legalized and, and and made uh, was regulated by the F uh, uh, the FDA. You know, Courtney, did you hear about that? Are you aware of that? The fact that that was actually officially passed, officially, you know, incorporated into the the new into society. This is now legal. This is now regulated. This is now something that is you know is okay to have a a, a metal chip inserted into you. You know, for various purposes. Wow, I didn't know it was legalized. You know how we talk about it. And we've talked about it in the past, but I had no idea that that, you know, has gone on or has been enacted um, during this yeah. week. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's why I say, you know, it's not going to be, I mean, you literally have to look for this stuff. You're not going to see it published. I mean, you turn on the news, every major headline is about the, you know, this quote-unquote shutdown. So there's not a lot of room for discussion about really anything else. And if and if you're one of those people who literally relies solely on the mainstream media to get your information, well, I, think about it. Just think about that. Imagine how much information you're missing out on if you're relying on CNN, if you're relying on you know your nightly news that's only a half hour long. You know what I'm saying? You know, like you see, and these are the types of things that are going on. If anyone who thinks that that's a coincidence that um, that law was passed and that that you know I should say that. Uh, this new device, you know, was legalized. You think that's a, you know, that happened over the course of this week that the government was was shut down. Anybody thinks that this whole thing wasn't specifically orchestrated for that purpose? You, you know, you're you're sadly mistaken because that's exactly what's going on. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the things that we see out here are not what they seem. In fact, a lot of time, most times, it's like. Total, the total opposite of what it appears to be. So, just uh, you know, that's all I want to say about it. Just kind of want to make you guys aware, if you were unaware, you know, and Google this stuff. Google RFID chip now legal and and regulated by the FDA. Check it out. This is, you know, it's a little chip. Read Revelations, what it says about the mark of the beast, and then look at Obamacare and look at what you know. What I'm saying, eventually, we're already required to get Medicare. You know, what I'm saying like Obamacare. That it's already required. If you don't get it, you're you're fine, right? The Bible says if you don't take the mark, there will be impl- you know severe consequences. Same, y'all come on, y'all, y'all get it, Courtney. I know you get it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's not it's not rocket science, guys. Like it's not one of those things that's like should be hard to understand. It's like it's right in front of your face. Only thing is that like a lot of times. It becomes scary. It, you know what I'm saying? When you really, that's why so many people walk around like mindless zombies because the, if they, you know, once they recognize and once they accept, like, yo, this is what's going on, it will it will be a little bit scary. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Like, at, for me, it was a, like a very mind-blowing uh, experience, you know? Very sobering experience to think that, like, everything I'd been taught growing up, and I'm a pretty educated guy. I'm an intelligent guy. And I, and even me, I had to go back and be like, whoa, everything I know, everything I was taught is basically false. And there's, like, a totally alternate society going on, an alternate government, an alternate reality that, you know, that's hidden, that we, that, you know what I'm saying, that you don't even see that, but it's very clear once you know what to look for. So really just do some research research on this stuff and don't uh, don't be a mindless zombie. A couple other things I wanted to um, mention. I, I mentioned, um, did we talk about Prison Break and the whole uh, final, the final season of, of, of Prison Break in regards to, to Scylla? Courtney, I don't believe we did. No, no, I don't think we did. I know we mentioned it when I was getting close. Let me just tell you guys, if I, I know we touched on it in the last couple of shows. Real quick, in regards to the government, and I would really encourage, we talk a lot about the movie, uh, excuse me, the, the television series Prison Break. I would really encourage you guys to watch it on, on Netflix, on On Demand if you haven't already. But as you watch the government, you know, and what they have going on and what you're seeing in the news, check out Prison Break because it's, it's very interesting. It's almost comical how they just throw certain things in there. Courtney, real quick, if you guys watched it, and this is for the, the, the watchers, the people who know what I'm talking about. Courtney, when you were watching season four, they spent the whole season four talking about that device, Scylla. But even uh-huh. though that was the, what the whole season revolved around, did you, do you remember them ever mentioning what exactly Scylla was and what it did? No. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Wow. They, now that you bring they, it up, I had no idea. No. I want you guys to watch this, but I'm going to tell you what happened. There was a split second midway through season four that they actually said what it was. And they it was very obvious because they talked about this device, and they always said what it's not, and you can't. You're going to be so surprised when you think, when you realize what it really is. And you, you know, they always were talking around it, but they never really said what it was. But one, at one point, the guy actually, the general, he actually said what it was. It's actually a device used to facilitate the printing of fake money. It's something that the government was was killing and dying to get their hands on. Uh it was stuff that alternate uh governments were trying to get their hands on and for like a like a minute somebody like revealed that what it actually was was a device that you know really controlled by the uh Federal Reserve used to print fake money and just kind of reproduce and alt- basically alter the the monetary system that this country uh runs upon. And in fact, the people willing to to steal it were actually um, willing to pay, I think, like something like three hundred uh, billion dollars for it. You know what I mean? Which tells you the value of what it is. And the reason why I bring that up <laughs> because this is what's going on in today's society. You know what I'm saying? This is that's why the country. I mean, really think about it. Like Courtney, let's just say you go to the bank and your account is in the negative. You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you, your your account is you're in the negative. You don't have any money. It doesn't say it's like negative two hundred dollars overdraft fees. Bills came out, whatever. Can you just go out and still use that credit card and just continue shopping and buying things and, and paying additional bills? No. I mean, that's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? You can't. And that's just you know what I'm saying. And we talk so much about the nation's debt, you know, and the debt ceiling. And I don't want to go too deep into it, but there's a reason why, um, you know, we didn't hear a lot about Ron Paul. You know what I'm saying? Ron Paul, if you guys remember from the election most recently, 
he was on the ballot, but he's one of the only candidates ever to suggest publicly the auditing of the Federal Reserve. You know, the Federal Reserve is a private organization. Not, it's not even controlled by the government, but it's a private organization specifically designed to regulate, you know, the, the country's monetary system. And there's a reason why we're always in debt but still going to war, spending, you know, a million dollars, billion dollars a day, all this stuff, where we have no money. And what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's, a, it's the most corrupt thing ever. And it, it, they already know that we're going into a, a, you know, a worldwide monetary system. We're going to do away with the dollar. Eventually, it's going to be one, you know, the new world order, one world government, which everybody has spoke about from Obama to Bush, the other Bush, the Pope. Everybody is for the new world order that the Bible speaks about will symbolize the end of the world. And so, what I'm telling y'all is, is that, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like there's a lot of art imitating life, or I should say, life depicting itself through art, you know, television, movies, and, and things like that. And they put this stuff right into the movie. They put it right into these shows, exactly what the government is doing. In fact, I was watching Prison Break one time, and they showed the president, you know, in one scene. Now, they never really showed the president on the um, on the show all like that, and he wasn't really a part of the series. But in one scene, they showed the president coming off an airplane, and then, like, in the very beginning, you saw, like, these Arab dudes, like, walking with these Arab turbans, you know what I'm saying, walking away. Like, they were just meeting with them. And then somebody, like, two seconds later, like, oh, Mr. President, da-da-da. But the Arabs are like, what? you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, what? did you, you, you probably didn't even catch that, did you? No. You catch everything. <laughs> These people are sick. These people are sick. A lot of people don't realize George Bush and Obama, we have great relationships with, with Obama's, I mean, excuse me, with bin Laden's family and these Middle Eastern, these quote-unquote terrorists. These are people that the United States does business with on a regular basis. You know, if you guys watch Fahrenheit 9-11, like, yo, like, really check it out. They do a great job of showing how these people were here on 9-11. They were escorted out, told to leave before, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't even want to get too much into it because we have a lot more to talk about tonight, but it's very inter entertaining and interesting just to watch how it all plays out. If you really know what's going on, you just would look at the political system. You just look at the government and be like, "Wow, really? Like, okay, I want no part of that," you know. And so it is. And it's you know, a lot of people. It's not about Obama. It's not about Bush. It's about the system. You know, the president is no different from, you know, he's just a puppet. He's a representative. You know, and they can just interchange. You know, whether it's Obama, it'll be somebody, four, you know, a couple of years later, somebody four years after that, eight years after that. It's it's the same system, the same system that, you know, has put in place slavery, the same system that, you know, it's the same thing, different people, you know, but, but playing the same role. In fact, online the other night I said, um, I said that classism is the new racism. People think this is a racist country. This isn't a racist country at all. It used to be back in the day when it was being established. But the reality is it's more – I mean, really, to be honest with you, it was always classes. You know what I'm saying? You know, whether if you had the – you know, it, bottom line is this. If you have money, you know, if you if you can sit at the table, there's not – it's not, you know, green is the new color. You know what I'm saying? That's all that matters. And that is not how it should be. You know what I'm saying? But that is uh, – that's how it is, So it's, uh, which is very unfortunate. Uh, and I just want to, you know, educate you on that a little bit. But let's let's keep it moving, man. Let's switch it up. Uh, and again, we're talking tonight about the difference, and um, you know what we see out here in today's society as far as bad bitches versus 
beautiful, respectable, classy women. You know, I, and I just while we're doing tonight's show, I want to encourage everybody to to do a little self reflection. You know what I mean? Like really, you know, which are you? Which category do you go into? You a bad bitch? You know, with a big butt? You know, you got your all. You know, what's on your resume? And I'm not talking about your your you know professional resume. I'm talking about but like who are you? What do you stand for? What do you represent? Are you a hoe? Do you give these dudes, you know, booty? You know, I'm just being honest. I mean, like, do you give it up? Are you one of those freaks out here? See, because you see, a lot of people, they don't like to talk about this stuff like like it doesn't exist. Like, most women out here aren't freaks, you know? Like, most women out here don't have bad attitudes because that's the reality. Now, there are some great, beautiful, respectable, positive black women out here, but as the Bible says, it says, you know, like, wh- where are they at? You know who, who can find a virtuous woman? Her worth is is like is more than rubies. You know what I'm saying? Like where are they at? That's that's the reason for that is because they are so few and far between. There there are far too many bad bitches out here and not enough beautiful wives. There's far too many weaves out here and not enough great real hair. Women with confidence enough confidence to rock. What God gave them, what God blessed them with, you know what I'm saying? And we really have. See, I'm all about change. I'm not about just talking. I want change, and the only way that we're going to change is if we eliminate and first of all call out and expose the thugs, the bitches, the hoes, and the niggas. See, those are very controversial words in today's society. Why are they controversial? Not because there's anything controversial about them. They exist. You see them every day. Everything I just named, thugs, niggas, hoes, bitches, you see them every day all throughout the black community. That's not hard to, to find. Just go outside your door. You'll see one, one of the above, I promise you. You know, that's not what's controversial. The reason why it's controversial is because we as a people don't like to look in the mirror. It's a lot easier to point the finger and say, you are the reason why I have not succeeded. Women, it's easier to say, men are the problem as far as why I have not I have not been found. I have not been chosen. I'm not a wife. It's because there are no great men out here. No, that's no trust me, there are a lot of great men out here. But it's become comfortable to point the finger. Even the fellas. You know? I mean it's no it's no, you know, we're not gonna sit here and talk about women all night. Men have a, a also a responsibility. You mentioned earlier, Courtney, these men giving all types of ridiculous compliments compliments chasing ass you know, trying to get, you know, sex, but that's that's just making the problem worse. Those are niggas. We did a show a while ago on black men who need to grow a set, and we need to start exposing these men. We need to start exposing these women and calling out this type of niggardly behavior and focus on uplifting and glorifying classy, respectable, gentlemanly, chivalrous behavior that would be pleasing to Jesus Christ. That is the only way we're going to start seeing a change in our black community. That's the only way we're going to start seeing a change in a lowering rate of HIV, of teen pregnancies, STDs, herpes. You know what I'm saying? Herpes, herpes is running rampant out here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's, that's the. How come nobody? We should do do a whole show on just herpes, Courtney. I mean, you know how it is. It's a lot of STDs out here. Am I? I mean, am I lying about anything? 
No, I mean, it's it's very real. And I think um, the problem is a lot of people feel like they can just do whatever they want and live, you know, whatever type of lifestyle and nothing happens to them. I think I remember one point I thought I was invincible. Like I didn't think that anything would ever happen to me. I didn't think I'd ever catch anything, you know, but it, it's real out here. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's real. I mean, it was very real. This chick, I remember back in the day, tried to get me to smash. I've told this story before. You, I know you heard this story. Some of y'all heard this story. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling over at the the bachelor pad. <clears throat> you know, and this is a young woman I had been talking to, but it was one of the first times we had, you know, spent some time together. You know how it goes, sex on the first date. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that happens more often than not in today's society. It's like you, you, you know, you meet somebody, you talk to them like once, twice. It's like okay, you already know you're not taking them out. You're definitely not spending any money. So it's like, oh, well, why don't you, uh, when you go come see me? I don't know. When you want me to come see, oh, well, you can come over tonight. Like, okay. That's how my, like, sound like my daughter. So I was like, okay. Like, what the heck? That's just how they sound. I'm a video. <laughs> Thirsty. Oh, yeah. That's, I swear, that's her, that's, her, that's her whole thing. I'm like, Aubrey, you want to go to the party? Like, okay. I'm like, hey, you want you want to come over to the crib, give me some sex? Okay. Like, you, you, you freaking hoe, man. Like, that's how they be. That's easy. And the fellas, no, that's it's just that easy. That it's not hard at all. Trust me on that. It's not hard. We're talking about bad bitches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, you're bad, all right. I'm gonna tell y'all a story about what I saw last night. The most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, I, you know, in 35 years, I've never seen anything more ridiculous than what I saw last night at the Sixers game. But I'll tell y'all about that. But anyway, this young woman, she was an attractive woman. Comes over to the crib first night. You know how it goes. Um, one thing leads to another, having a nice little intimate moment. And, um, you know, evidently it was about to go down. And she's like, I got to tell you something. Stop, stop, stop. I'm like, she's like oh, here we go with the stop, stop, stop. I'm like, well, what's up? She's like, no, nah, I just got to tell you something. I'm like, all right, well, okay, what's going on? She was like, well, no, nah, I just, um, you know, we can't do this. I'm like, oh, jeez, you, you know. I'm like, well, okay. And I was about to go, all right, that's cool. She's like, no, 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 it's not, I'm not trying to play games or anything. It's just because she's like, Cause I want to give you something. I was like, oh, okay. She was like, um, nah, I just, I have a, um, you know, I have an STD. She's like, all right, what the heck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just came out with it. I'm like, well, what you got, like AIDS or something? She was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's nothing like that. I have, um, I have uh, herpes, you know. I say, yeah. She's like, she's like, this is funny. Here's the thing. That's not even the, the, the crazy thing. She said, but wait, it's, it's okay because I haven't had an outbreak in a couple of years. I'm like, What? I'm like, you haven't had an outbreak. You, th- I'm like, do you think that that matters to me? You think that I'm going to sit here and, and still smash after you just told me you had an, an incurable STD? Now, I respect her for being honest, but I'm just saying, it ain't going down. You know, I mean, Courtney, is that not ridiculous to you? Like, you know, if she knew that, why would she even, you know, go go to that level, take it to that point? Well, some, I mean, the thing about it is some some men may have, you know, even let it go down. So I guess she was just taking her chances. But, um, I mean, I, I, I can't really be too mad at it because she was honest about it because she, she didn't, really didn't have to say anything to you. Like a lot of women, they wouldn't have said anything. But it's funny. I'm laughing because of your reaction. <laughs> I 
I'll uh, tell y'all something. I'll tell y'all something, though, real quick. It's funny. This is the first time I've said this, but honestly, man, like, I've always looked at that situation from a different perspective and, and kind of in the way that I just presented it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just crazy, and, you know, I this was flabbergasted at the fact that she would even, you know, say something. But now, honestly, I thank God for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's that was actually a blessing. I mean, obviously, clearly, but seriously, you know, and, and I think we all tonight, because I know I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the thousands of people who are listening right now and even will be listening tomorrow morning, whatever, wherever you are listening to this, you know and I know that there's some testimonies and some and some prayers that need to go up about the fact that you don't have herpes, about the fact that I don't have herpes or AIDS, you know what I'm saying, or anything for that matter. Because just just as easily I could have smashed and gotten something, just as easily as ladies you could have let him smash raw and gotten something, gotten pregnant, or or five years ago, ten years ago, gotten AIDS, and then who knows what will you you know you don't got that Magic Johnson type of money, you know it might not have ended up the same way for you. You might have been in a hospice somewhere. You know, and I'm just being honest because, I mean, think about this stuff. Let's just, because this is important. We all need to thank Jesus Christ right now that we're even here to be, because everybody listening most likely has let somebody hit it raw. The fellas listening have hit something raw. The ladies have let some someone hit it raw. 99.9% of the people out here, you know it and I know it. So stop what you're doing. Thank God that you're not, you know what I'm saying, all jokes aside, because that's honest. Courtney, I mean, I know, you know what I'm saying, we both have testimonies. Is that You ever look at it from that perspective? We might not even be here right now based on some of the mistakes that we've made. Oh, yeah. I I, I definitely think think about it, um, you know, because I, I'm very thankful, you know, that, you know, things turned out the way that they did and, you know, that the, the STDs that I contracted were curable because that's not everyone's story and, um as reckless as I was um, at the time, it really could have turned out differently. And so I thank God for that. I really, I really do. Yo, I'm telling y'all, you guys in that Facebook group, the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group, or listening to wherever, you know, and don't hold on to these testimonies. There's a live thread going on. I want to see some of that because sometimes I read them late tonight, you know, or first thing in the morning. Don't just talk about nothing on that thread. Talk about something substantial. Talk about how Jesus Christ saved you from AIDS. You know, update your status about that. And that's where it becomes uncomfortable because a lot of people are like, oh, no, nah, I don't want to share that. I don't want to be judged. But, you know, you, you're worried about a Facebook friend when, when, when God saved your life and you won't even say thank you publicly. That's, that's, I mean, that's deep right there. People would rather update their status about scandal or about whatever but won't say thank you, God, like, yo, for, for saving me from, from, from death. You know, because the Bible even says, for the wages of sin are death. You know, it should say, for the wages of sin are herpes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, or worse. So, it's deep stuff right. right here. Deep. Yo, we're talking tonight. Y'all know what we're talking about, man. Feel free to hit us up. 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad. Any thoughts, questions, comments? I was I was about to get into, um, you know, we're going to talk about bad bitches. But I just want to talk about these these. Trifling niggas, you know what I'm saying? Because we we like to keep it 
we like to keep it honest. We like to keep it, you know, I won't say we keep it balanced because it's the make no mistake about it, new listeners. The purpose of this show is specifically to help black women. That's it. I am unapologetically oriented, you know, to helping women, specifically our women, you know, in the black community. That's what this show is about. That's what it's designed for. That's what my business revolves around, Tolbert Relationship Counseling. So I have no, you know, I make no qualms about that. Uh, But, however, that being said, we can't talk about bad bitches in the black community without talking about trifling niggas. And we've we've you know, we've talked about niggas. If you guys missed my three hour special on niggas, you know, versus niggers versus positive black men and the the definition of each, the you know, some examples of each, definitely check that out, man. You know, that that in and of itself is was a classic so show. Um, but I was I, I posted on what was it, Sunday morning. I said, um, what did I say exactly? I said, uh, fellas. Get your trifling butts up, right? Get up, you know, wash your face, you know, brush your teeth, and get down into that kitchen, Lorenz Tate style, you know what I'm saying, and make your woman breakfast in bed. Stop being lazy. It's a lot of lazy men out here, man. That's what I did. I didn't do it Sunday, but I did it on um, Saturday. Now, you know, and I do it pretty, you know, fairly off and fairly, you know, but that's what it's about, man. Now, see, because we talk about the bad bitches and the women who, who aren't worthy of that. And let me be clear about that. All women are not worthy of getting breakfast in bed. Bad bitches are not worthy of getting breakfast in bed. Bad bitches get what uh, Megan Good got and Think Like a Man from Chris Brown. It, you know, you get what you got. And then that's it. He rolls out. That's what you deserve. You know, that's what you deserve for being a bad bitch. Now, if you're a great woman, if you're a positive black queen, then then you deserve, you know, chivalrous treatment. And we're going to be doing our 2013 special on chivalry, our end-of-the-year chivalry special, to see where we are as far as uh, chivalry is concerned in today's society. We'll be doing that show uh, fairly uh, often. We've done a 2011-2012 show on chivalry, and we're about to do our 2013 version. But there are a lot of men out here who actually have positive black women, and they're you know what I'm saying, and they don't appreciate them, and they're and they don't do chivalrous things. You know, they don't do that. That would actually be some. That would be an example of chivalry. You know what I'm saying? Like not not opening a car door, which we talked about. We'll get more into that when we do our special. Not opening a car door, pulling out a chair. That's not chivalry, okay? That's not chivalry. That's ba- that's the basics. That's anybody should do that. All men should do that. Taking your hat off when you walk into a building is not a chivalrous act. That's just being a man, which most men don't. I mean, I'm at church, you know, at a church function on a Sunday afternoon. Dudes coming into church, you know what I'm saying? With hats on. Like yo, take. Take your hat off, you ignorant bastards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. Take your freaking hats off. Get some manners. Like, who does that? Like, you know what I'm saying? You can always tell who grew up with a father, who grew up you know, with a mom, with a family, who, who was taught manners and who wasn't. You know what I'm saying? But, fellas, I'm just saying. You know, I don't want to take too much time on that. But, literally, these men have good women. 
and are not and are afraid or just unwilling to to show her that that, that she's a good woman. What do you think about that, Corey? I mean, have you? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that that that's um that's a good thing. Um, but a lot of women have not, you know, that a lot of women have not experienced, but, um, but yeah, you know, a a lot of, um, black men, they do need to step up and, you know, do things for their women. Definitely. (laughs) Shout out to Amy at her, uh, her post in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert show. She, uh, imitating, uh, Aubrey slash some of these bad bitches out here talking about, okay. And I I mean, (laughs) y'all... That's actually how it is, man. If you guys aren't in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert show, then you don't even know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, man, add yourself. You know, but seriously, fellas, man, all jokes aside, man, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and there was an, an addendum to that, actually. I said that, you know, fellas, get up, make your lady breakfast in bed, and then take her to church. And I said that's what you call spending quality time. You know, and I think that in today's society, because there's so many bad bitches who are okay with just receiving some good sex, getting the pipe, right? I mean, let's, dolls are keeping it honest tonight. They're okay with that. And because that's become the norm, that there is no, you know, that that's just their quality time. That's what quality time consists of. For so many situations We talked about that a couple weeks ago The difference between a situation and a relationship But real quality time Is actually going to church You know what I'm saying It's funny, here's the irony I'm about to blow blow your minds real quick Here's the irony is that so many women will say Oh, you've got to do X, Y, and Z They won't even go to Fridays Because they feel like they are on another level. Same women referring to themselves as bad bitches, but won't, but will want to be taken to a two hundred dollar a plate restaurant. Must be out your mind. Bad bitches get Pizza Hut. If then Pizza Hut, that's kind of expensive. I don't even mess with pizza. Pizza. Mm -hmm. I go to uh, Pizza Junction on the corner. You know what I'm saying? That's where I go. Pizza Hut. They they be tripping. It's not even all that good. You know what I'm saying? You gotta go to the hood pizza spot for the for the good pizza. You know that's where y'all go. You know, I'm talking about two two large pepperonis for like ten bucks and be the best in the city. Y'all don't have any place like that. Y'all need to find one because that's that, now you can't eat it all the time. That's when you get that. You know what I'm saying? You don't look the way you want to look. You gotta listen to the obesity in the black community special. <clears throat> but if you know anything about the cheat day, all right, that's when it's okay. But that's where some of y'all. That's what some of y'all deserve. Somebody says, a lot of people say, well, all women deserve respect. No, all women don't deserve respect. Respect is earned. Y'all respect me because I demand respect. You guys respect me because I do a show from a biblical perspective, and I'm not talking crazy. But I had to earn that. I've earned your respect over the last 10 years. This didn't just come. I'm not somebody y'all just came across like yesterday. No, I've been doing this. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can't you don't deserve respect if you show your breasts off. You don't deserve respect if you if you if you walk around with your ass out. You don't deserve respect if you're tossing the you know the the poom poom around, you know what I'm saying? Like like a hot potato. Right? No, that's you don't deserve respect. Respect is earned and respect will be given to women who respect themselves and their bodies. Is that okay I mean is that 
And if you disagree with that, let me know. You guys can call in. I'm, you know, I'm just these are my views, but that's how I feel. I mean, do you agree with that? How do you feel about that, though? I I do agree. I think um, it's a problem when a, you know a lot of black women, including myself, at one point, um, you know, just wanted to have men, you know, show us the world and you know feel like a man has to prove themselves to us, but you know, we're not showing ourselves worthy of that treatment. And so, you know, we can't get mad if, you know, when he stops dealing with us and then, you know, gets into a relationship with someone else or gets married or engaged or whatever the case may be. I mean, you have to be that special woman. And you can't, first of all, you shouldn't even be demanding anything from a man because he's going to want to do that if he views you in that special way and, you know, as his future. You won't have to ask him anything. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I think a lot of people, in fact, somebody asked me today, like, well, how will I know? How will I know when a man is genuinely interested in me versus when he just wants the sex? Oh, you'll you'll definitely know, you know, and and the thing about it is one of this, there's a lot to it. And, you know, if you guys really want to go in detail, definitely reach out for some private one-on-one counseling because, you know, I go very in detail with this as far as how to know. But just in a nutshell, you're going to know because he is going to incorporate your life into his life. Everything he does will be with the purpose of blending your lives and building a future with you. If you've been, quote, unquote, dealing with somebody and getting into a relationship is like pulling teeth, you know, he's always aloof, you know, and distant and, and, and just, uh, you know, vague and is, everything is noncommittal and you know, non-established, well, then clearly that man doesn't see you as his future wife. He's not building and working on merging your life with his, which means if he's not trying to build the future, then he's trying to build his present, and he's trying to just hit that. You know, that's it. And most likely he's not viewing you as a positive black woman. He's viewing you as a bad bitch. And in many cases, you're not even bad because we can even break that down a little bit. <laughs> you know, and let me just, let me say something. Let me, <clears throat> ironically, you know, we talk a lot about, I mean, can I be honest with y'all? Like, I don't, see, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I love Jesus Christ. Yes, this show is from a biblical perspective. But at the end of the day, I'm a man and I keep it real. I'm going to be honest with you guys. You know what I'm saying? The reality is, I mean, we talk a lot about her, but the reality is Beyonce is, in fact, a bad bitch. Nicki Minaj is what she says she is, a bad bitch. Because be, be clear, Jay-Z calls Beyonce, Beyonce a bad bitch, calls her a bitch all the time, calls her a bad bitch. Beyonce refers to herself as a bad bitch. And, and the thing about it is, is that that is not an incorrect statement. Is Beyonce's problem the fact that she's ugly, the fact that she's overrated as far as looks go? Well, actually, I do believe she's overrated. I, you know, she's not a dime or anything close to that. But she is a bad bitch. You know what I'm saying? There's a, what, is, what does that even mean? That means that you have a nice body and you flaunt your body to the point that will make men say, damn. She has a you know a, a big butt, you know what I'm saying? She's got some a nice butt. Like that's what it would be. That's the objective of women who classify themselves as bad bitches, and that's what men look at when they when they're saying, "Wow, she's a bad bitch." So, you know, people like Beyonce, Rihanna, uh, or actually, I can't put Rihanna in that. She just looks like a crack whore. I mean, she's not even in that conversation. But Nicki Minaj is a bad bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I'm just being honest. You know, I mean, Nicki now. 
I'm talking about as far as body body wise. Now, the question is, do men marry bad bitches? Clearly not. Nobody does. Only the most non-elite of men would even deal with a quote-unquote bad bitch on a serious level, a.k.a. Jay-Z, the most non-elite man there is. I mean, the uh, absolute clown. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nas exposed Jay-Z as far as how much of a clown he was back in the day, which epitomizes, you know, what we're talking about. Only those types of men, you know, who who are losers, basically, you know what I'm saying, marry women who put themselves out there as being a bad bitch. You never would see me marry a, a, a whore like Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Never. Or even deal with one. Anyone who knows me. And this is, forget being married, anyone who knows me, I'm talking about knows me, like they on, like knows me from back in the day, never saw me with a woman like Beyonce. Never saw me with a woman like Nicki Minaj on my arm claiming her. You might have seen me leaving the club with her back in the day, but just being honest. You know what I'm saying? Sound like future out here. You know what I mean? I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't make me start singing. You know what I mean? No, but no, don't do not do it. Don't, don't do, it. do it? Don't do it? I feel good tonight. You know what I'm saying? I feel like keeping it extra real. No, I'm just saying. I, yeah, back in the day, see, I used to leave the club with a Beyonce. I used to have the Nicki Minaj's follow me back to the crib with the homies in the car. Like, yo, man, damn, she, she just following you back to the crib with three in the morning. Yeah, you know, that's how we do it. Back in the bins. Bins filled up with three, four dudes. And you guys, you know, chick following a guy home that she just met a couple hours. Whores. Whorish behavior. You know what I'm saying? These are real stories. Sound like, uh, you know what I mean, cheaters or something. These are real stories. You know what I mean? And <laughs> you, <laughs> y'all have to get to a point where you, start, where you start being honest with yourselves. Because you've been that woman, many of you, following somebody home at 2 o'clock in the morning after you gave them your number, talking about something, or oh, you trying to get something to eat. You know, do you want to take me to a diner? Not because you're hungry, but just because you know that you're about to give up that ass and you want to at least feel like he took me out on some type of date. Granted, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. You're at the South Street Diner. If here, if you're from Philly, wherever you are, whatever diner is open at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, you know you're giving up, but you at least want to order something and have him spend some money just to make yourself feel better about giving it up on the not even the first date because clearly that's not a date. You literally just met him in the club. That actually happens. It's amazing that that that, that people have the audacity to to blame others for their circumstances when they have exhibited behavior that would be consistent with that of bad bitches. If you're 35 and single still talking about you're a bad bitch, if you're 35 and single talking about you love Olivia Pope and this and that and she's a bad bitch, no, you deserve what you have gotten. Now, I have no problem with the former bad bitches like Courtney, you know what I'm saying, who had, who is honest enough to say, yes, I used to do some things, yes, I, this is how I viewed myself, but now I am a woman of God. Now I respect my body. Now I require men to respect me and to take me seriously. And I will be no one's whore. My best asset is not my ass. 
That's the, that's all. I'm about to tell you all the story about last night. You know what I'm saying? It, craziness. But you see what I'm saying? Like that is not okay. It's not okay when your best asset is is your body, a, a bar, a body part. We talked the other night on when we did our special on blurred lines about how it doesn't matter how nice your body is. You know, that doesn't get you a man. Men men are looking for wives they can grow old with. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to grow old with you, does it matter what your butt looks like? Does it matter how flat your stomach is? No, because if I'm a man, I'm probably trying to have, like, two, three kids. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter, you know, what you have going on. You know, it just matters, do I love you? You know, do you have a great personality? Do I want to spend the rest of my life with you? I mean that's that's at the end of the day that's what's important. And because a lot of women are questioning that about themselves, they're insecure about that. They say, "Well, you know what? I'm not so much um confident that he really wants me for me, but I'm confident in how I can ride that pony." You know what I'm saying? I'm confident at my sexual skills. So, because I'm less confident about other things that actually matter, I'm just going to go ahead and put it on them, and hope for the best. Well, how's that working out for you? So, you know what I'm saying? And this is just a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call. And I realize that most likely I'm preaching to the choir. I realize that. Because most likely if you are, you know, if you're you're listening to me, if you're even tuned in right now, you're probably not part of the problem. You've probably, you're only listening because you you have changed or because you are willing to change. See, see, the Dayton Tolbert show is not like the Steve Harvey show. The Dayton Tolbert show is not like Michael Bay's. It's actually not like anyone or anything that's out here. You listen to this show when you are ready to change. This is this is entertaining. This is entertaining. However, this is not entertainment. Okay, you can listen to Steve Harvey just for the heck of it. You could be you could be the biggest whore on the planet and turn on Steve Harvey just for the heck of it. You know, just to pass the time. You're not going to be the biggest whore on the planet and listen to me talk for three hours and you know just for the heck of it. You will, you will have either not tuned in at all or you will have tuned me out. Now you'll listen to me if you're a whore ready to change. But if you're content in your whorish ways, or if you're a thug, or a nigga, or a pimp. Content in his pimpish ways, you're not gonna listen to me. That's why the Dayton Tolbert show is not, you know, you know, heard by millions of people all around. It's heard by thousands of people, all around, but it's not like gonna be one of those super shows like people watch, like like they watch Scan or listen to. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that. This is a very exclusive show specifically for people, men and women, looking for love and willing to self-reflect on the things that they have or have not been doing that has been preventing them from finding love. That's how that goes. But, you know, don't let the the severity and the harshness, you know, of what the things that I'm saying tonight um, cause you to doubt what God can do. Because, Courtney, you know that God can make you a new person. Do you mind real quick? I know we do this from time to time, Courtney. But do you mind if I just say a couple of things about your past? No. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I just want to use you for an example, Courtney, because yeah, I do. Fine. Yeah, go ahead. And I know you don't mind, and I know that you're passionate about helping women, because women need to hear this. Because some, some people, will, will, maybe first-time listeners or newer listeners, and say, well, you know, um, you know, 
he's he bashes women or he's you know hard on women. That's the only way you can change. See, I had to tell Courtney that she looked like a hoe. I had to tell her that when I first met her. I had to tell Courtney, Courtney, take them hoeish pictures off your page. Take those, the, you know, what I mean, your boobs and your booty. Take that crap off your page. It said you look like a whore. You know, nobody wants you looking like that. The only thing they would want you for is sex looking like that. I had to tell Courtney that. I had to tell Erin that. I've had to tell many women who I know, I'm only saying names from women who I know absolutely don't care and are passionate about Jesus Christ and helping other women. I've had to tell many women that over the years. <clears throat> some women change. Some women hear that and take the constructive criticism. Other women are afraid because they, all they know is being a bad bitch. Court, I had to tell Courtney there's no future in being a bad bitch. You'll be a single mom by trying to be a bad bitch. But if you want to change from being a bad bitch to being a single, I mean, excuse me, a, a woman of God like Courtney is now, you see that transformation, guys? Courtney used to be a bad bitch when I first met her. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Now she's a woman of God who's, who gives the best advice I've, from a woman I've ever heard, who, who counsels women, changes lives the same way I do. And that's not because of me. That's from Jesus Christ and, and Courtney's uh, willingness and ability and motivation to, to, you know, to change and be a blessing to others. There is no future in being a bad bitch. Look in the mirror, Courtney, now versus five years ago. What do you see? God. I see God. Um, I don't even recognize myself. You know, it's, I'm a totally different person, like, from the inside out. And um, I'm so thankful to God for doing that. I mean, that's only God. Like, I'll look back on old pictures, and I'm like, wow, that was me. Or, you know, I'll post them in the Each Woman group, and people can't even believe that's how I used to look. It's like I look like a totally different person, and that is only because of God. And so I thank him for that. All right, well, look, that's what it says right here. It says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow in Isaiah 118. That's what happens. Courtney's sins were like scarlet. You know what I'm saying? He made them white as snow. So so there's no judgment here. Okay? There's no judgment. But at the same time, see, I think a lot of people confuse realness for judgment. Two totally different things. You're only listening because you want to hear this. So you can't, you, there's no judgment. This whole show is because you guys asked for it. I tell you guys every every other day that the the day I have no more clients, the day that I get no more advice questions, the day that no no you know there is no more posts in the friends of the day on Tober show, you know discussion topics and things like that. That's the that's the last you hear from me. That's when I fade off into the sunset. But as long as people want to hear this information and they're asking for help, we will continue to give it via Facebook, via Twitter, via the show. You know what I'm saying? It's not judgment. Judgment people asking for help. Now, if you don't want that help, you don't want to hear, then don't listen, don't tune in, but don't say you're judging. That's just stupid. That just that doesn't even make sense. So let's keep it moving. Though. So we're talking tonight about <laughs> bad bitches. Can I tell you all a story about ironic? And this is crazy because we were going to do this show for a while now. I've been talking about this show for two years, but literally, many of you know, I went to the uh, uh, Sixers game last night with my homie. Shout out to Oshel. Shout out to his son Josh. We were out there at the uh down at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh Sixers were playing the 
the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, Jay-Z's former team. You might as well still call it his team, you know, all black everything. <laughs> don't, you know, don't even get me started on that whole thing. Black uniforms, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot that I want to say about last night. We were we were literally front row. We paid like like probably like 70 bucks. So, you know, preseason tickets are you know, relatively, you probably get a preseason ticket for like five, ten bucks. Well, we said, "What the heck? We're gonna sit all the way up at the front." So we got like sixty-five dollars, seventy-dollars seats. So we were literally front row, and we were in the front row watching the game. Great seats, perfect seats, and um, you know, it's like the groupies. And I mean, the fellas need to know. I mean, we're sitting there, and there's a lot of groupies. We were, we were. I was literally sitting right behind Jason Kidd, like you know, Coach. I, he was like literally. I could have touched him if I like stretched you know, stretch my hand out. And um, we literally, there was like these two women. I'm going to tell you about these two women. One woman, two bad bitches. One woman, both long weaves. One woman had on some super tight jeans. The other woman, I mean, I don't even know what to say. You know what I'm saying? Like she had on like a cat, (laughs) at a preseason game, had like a cat woman type of cat suit on. But it it was like, it was like underwear, but it was like, you know how you could wear like tights, Courtney, but it wasn't even tights. Like it wasn't spandex. It was like that. It couldn't have been any thinner. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm not sure at the moment, but I just know it looked hoish, whatever it was. <laughs> I'm, I just want you guys to get a visual. Like it was, it was spandex, but it couldn't. It wasn't like it was extra thin spandex. So it basically looked like. It was just a booty, and she had. I mean, and this is I'm a, I'm being I'm 35 years old. I've been around women my whole life. She had the biggest butt I've ever seen, television in person, like ever. It was just like ridiculous, and she was just walking around, nothing covered, like a cat suit on, spandex top, spandex tights, just with some high heels on, the most hoish outfit you could possibly have on. And it just didn't make matters worse that, that she had like just like a, a huge like. Abnormal booty, and I'm I'm saying it because I want y'all to get a visual. So and she's just they're just like walking around. They're like doing laps. You know what I'm saying? They would do laps around the stadium because it wasn't crowded at all. They're like going from city to city. Like there were a lot of celebrity, couple celebrities there. I don't know if you know to do Mark Mark Lamont Hill. You know uh, CNN commentator, different things. You know he was there. There you know some other people like Billy King, the general manager, and you know a lot of people um, associated with both teams. So. These chicks are literally walking around. And Kevin Garnett, right, I don't know if he's married or what, but him and Jason Terry, who used to play for the Mavericks, were, like, literally plotting on these two women. Like, they were – I heard their conversations. You know what I'm saying? And it's like we're literally right there. And you can tell that the – and they were doing – they were sitting, like, right next to us because we were right next to the bench. You could tell they were trying to get that Kevin Garnett – you know what I'm saying? That, that that Jason Terry, Paul Pierce, like all those types of dudes, they were like straight up groupies coming there with the sole purpose. And what I'm saying to y'all is when you start getting plotted on, you know, by those types of guys who are there for one night with one purpose, you know you're a hoe, okay? You know you are. And this it was unfortunate because I was just looking. And Osho had to, he had to tell me, because, you know, Osho don't play around. Y'all heard Osho on, on the show before when we did our special on, on zombies and aliens and things like that and what the Bible says about them. You know, he, he, Courtney, you know I'm a man of God. 
you know, but he's like one of those guys where he'll pull my coattail. Like, if he sees me looking, he'll, like, tap me like, yo, yo, man, yo, chill, yo, what you doing, man? Let me pray for you real quick. You know what I mean? Like, he, he don't play no games, man. He's the type that'll start praising God right in the middle of the game, you know what I'm saying, like, with no problem. He's giving out tracks going into the game, leaving out the game, like, oh, excuse me, my man, you, you know you know Jesus Christ? Let me give you this real quick, man. You know my business card. Like he's he's a pastor. Like he, but that's what's up, though. You know what I'm saying? Like that's actually what's up. He was saving souls in the game, and I had to. I'm like, yo, oh man. I'm just saying. Did you see that? He's thinking. I'm thinking like, yo, like, yo, look at that. And I'm not. I'm like, yo, I felt sorry for this young woman. You know what I'm saying? And he was. He had to like cover his son because he didn't even want uh, him exposed to that. Because I mean, the level of hoishness, you know, was ridiculous. The, you know, and I'm just, I just wanted y'all to get a visual. And here's the thing: the woman was unfortunately not very attractive in the face. I'm just being honest with you. And here's the thing: you can tell that because, and this is what I do. Like I, you know, what I'm saying I, I kind of analyze people. I get a sense of why. You, it was very obvious that she was trying to compensate for other things that she felt she was. She was clearly she had a bad some bad acne, you know, like just a you know a lot of globs of makeup on, you know, hair down her back weaved out, you know, very insecure about her appearance. So she said, well, you know what? I'm not as confident about my my facial features. So I know my you know my booty is crazy, you know. I know that's going to get attention, you know, so much so that superstars are staring like Jason Kidd had to even do a double take. He's in the, I mean, it was that crazy. Like the, the, he's talking in the huddle and the players are staring at the chick bending over, you know, you know what I'm saying? On purpose. Is that, is that not ridiculous to you, Courtney? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It was very crazy. It was very sad even, you know, mm-hmm. very sad that there are a lot of women who can relate to that. Now, it just so happened she literally had the biggest booty of any woman I've ever seen in my entire life, the most ridiculous sight ever, you know, but it's just like, wow, you could tell what she was doing and why she was doing it, literally doing laps, going from seat to seat, people interacting with people who she felt might have had some money or some, some type of status based on the fact that they're sitting front row at a, at a, at a preseason game like, oh, whoop-dee-doo. Ain't like I'm Spike Lee down there, Jack Nichols was sitting in some some you know ten thousand dollars seats in the playoffs. This is like a preseason game. It doesn't anybody can sit front row. It's like fifty, sixty dollars seats, you know. And it was just very sad that these women were, were felt like they had to uh, stoop to that level. So, and I want to give y'all an example of what an actual bad bitch looked like. Okay, don't be a bad bitch when you want to be. A beautiful woman. When you are, see the fun. The sad, the most sad thing about it is that even though she was not the most attractive, she had some things going on um, that I could see why she might have been a little bit insecure about. But she still could have been a beautiful, attractive woman. See, that's what I think a lot of women don't don't understand. They think that they have to, you know, do stuff like that. They have to show off their breasts or their booty because of whatever. But no, you don't have to wear a weave. You know, it's a lot of beautiful women with shorter hairstyles that work for them. <clears throat> you know, you don't have to do that. She didn't have to do that. I've seen I've seen obese women, you know, 
beautiful obese women. I actually was uh, was blessed uh, a couple months ago to judge the what the fourteenth fourteenth annual Miss uh, International uh, Miss Big and Beautiful pageant. You know, uh, here in Philadelphia, I was actually one of the one of the judges, and uh, it was a. I saw some really beautiful big women. There's nothing wrong with being big, aside from from a health standpoint. You definitely want to do the, everything you can do to be healthy, but I mean, being big in and of itself is not a, a you know a um, you know a death sentence as far as your you know all hope is lost and you're just ugly. No, there's nothing ugly about being big. You can yeah, you can stand to lose a few pounds. You can stand to, to be healthy. But there are a lot of beautiful big women out there, and I think that society. You know, has conditioned women into thinking that if I'm big, I have to do things to take away attention from my bigness. If I'm not the most attractive, I have to do things to take away from that, like this young woman last night felt. You know, which is very unfortunate. So, I um, I said online after actually while I was at the game, I updated my status to say, uh, ladies, when you put your body up for display on a platter. You shouldn't be surprised when men try to order everything on the menu, which is which is real. You know what I'm saying? Like that woman. The funny thing is, so you know, women like that will still say, "Oh, there are no good men out here," or "All men are dogs," which is the most ridiculous thing. It's like, wait, you you're dressed like a hoe, you know? You're wearing an outfit specifically designed to attract men who are giving you attention. To you know, sexual attention to have sex with you, but yet you have the audacity to say that men are afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, ladies: men don't commit to to hoes. Not anyone who respects themselves. No, certainly no man of God. You know, so it's not. Don't say he's afraid of commitment. Don't say he's a dog. Nah, he's just doing what what you you know want him to do. What you are. Expecting him to do You're seeking him to do Don't be surprised when you get disrespected When it's clear that you don't respect yourself You know, I mean, is that You know, like Beyonce, for example You know, all hell broke loose when she was up on stage And the dude reached out and grabbed her ass Well, this is someone who Who, who makes a living Off of flaunting her whole body so it's like, I mean, now I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying women should, or you know, should be groped. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying don't be surprised when it happens. It's like if I'm walking down the street with a with a twenty dollar bill dangling out of my back pocket, I should not be surprised if someone walks up behind me and takes it. Now, is that stealing? Is that disrespecting me? Yeah, absolutely. But I would be a fool, one, to do that in the first place, and two, I'd be a fool to think that somebody would not walk up behind me and do it. Same thing, ladies. You'd be a fool to think that a man is not going to uh, disrespect you if you if it's abundantly clear that you don't respect yourself. Is it right? No. Is it wrong? Absolutely. But will it happen in today's society? Of course. So the question, do we sit here and debate? About how you know whether it's right or wrong, which we can do, but that would be a severe rate waste of time. Or do we help women see, hey, look, you don't have to do that. You don't have to present yourself in a disrespectful manner, and that way you won't have to worry about being disrespected. See, the thing, what y'all got to realize is my wife doesn't get disrespected. Why? 
because she respects her body. When she goes out, men don't smack her on the butt randomly. Men don't grab her by the arm saying, come here. It's not because she doesn't go out from time to time, but it's because it's abundantly clear that she respects herself. Ladies, I'm telling you right now, if you have been or have a a a, uh, a pattern of being disrespected, you have to understand one very important thing, that an emotionally unavailable vibe automatically translates into a sexual vibe. And if you give off a sexual vibe, you're going to attract men who only want to have sex with you. So if a man only wants to have sex with you, then he's not going to approach you in a respectful manner. Just like if a man wants to have sex with a prostitute, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't approach a prostitute, "Oh, excuse me, ma'am, uh, do you mind if I have a moment of your time?" No, she's a hoe, she's a prostitute. That's it's the same thing. A lot of women are they they're uh, you know, they're confusing. They're saying, "Well, I'm not a hoe, I'm not a prostitute, so don't treat me like that. But that's what you got to realize. You actually are presenting yourself in the same exact way as prostitutes dress. Bad bitches dress like prostitutes. Beyonce, there's no difference, guys. There's no difference between how Beyonce dresses and how a prostitute, a whore, dresses on standing on a corner. I mean, y'all know that, right? Courtney, you know that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, <laughs> the same outfits. And that's what you see. That's what you see in the clubs and, you know, all of that. No People have on practically nothing. The ladies have practically nothing on, you know, and then they're wondering why they are getting disrespected. Because I was one of those women. I used to get disrespected all the time by men. Yeah. All right. I mean, that, that's pretty much how it goes. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be disrespected if you present yourself like a bad bitch. See, y'all y'all guys act like I don't know. I've been around prostitutes. Now, not like prostitutes on the corner, but I'm talking about prostitutes in the strip club who will take you back, in, you know, back. Ain't no champagne room in the clubs I used to go to. It was the you know, bathroom. It was the, you know, the shower room, whatever y'all want to call it. But, I mean, you know, women will give you head for 50 bucks. You know, women will let you smash for 100 75, you talk them down, you know what I'm saying? Now, that's not, that was never my thing, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just, I know the game. You guys have heard strippers how many times on this show actually telling their stories. Now, the newer list like, what? What? What are you talking about? You, did, you had hoes on this show? Yeah, we used to have hoes on this show. Google, check out the archives. <clears throat> check them out. Google the legendary P-Pop. On the Daydon Tolbert show, one of the biggest and most well-known strippers in in, in Philly, came on this show, t- you know, talking about the industry. We've interviewed all types of celebrities, all types of every. And there's nothing we haven't done here. I'm about to retire. I'm about to just close this show down because there's nothing. I'm messing with you. I'm not going to do that. The show will go on forever. But I'm saying there's nothing we haven't done. You know what I'm saying, Court? You know that you've been listening for. I mean, really, you've been listening for like you know last what three, four years. Uh, it's been longer than that. Um, <laughs> maybe like five. I don't know, yeah. but it's it's been. I I started listening in oh nine. So, oh yeah, four years. So oh nine is when I started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we we've been on the air since like what oh seven. You know what's that? Our, it's our sixth year. We're about to be in our seventh year on the show on the air. You understand that, guys? So let's talk a little bit about um. 
you know, I posted a advertisement for this show. You know, I used a um, you know, a picture of Beyonce with the uh, you know, with the the nipple suit looking like a straight whore, man. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, who does that? Like who comes out with a leotard with nipples built into them? You know, I'm like nipples the size of grapes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like who who I'm just I'm just asking like how is that okay? Like what who does that? Who no, yeah. not even who does that. Who does that? And and expects not to be viewed as a whore, you know. That what you're seeing, guys, is the modern day spirit of the antichrist. Just you know what I'm saying? Because when you can do stuff like that, you know, but still have an endorsement from the president of the United States, you know, and 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 still be viewed universally as one of the most <laughs> respected women in the world. You know, by and large, you know what I'm saying. Just by, every, you know what I'm saying. Like that's that's nothing but the antichrist. There's no way you can sing about being a whore. Sixteen year old girls losing virginity. Refer to yourself as a bitch. Walk around with, with your nipples out, your crotch showing, booty out, stripper boots. There's no way you can do that. Make a living at doing that. Make close to a billion dollars doing that, and people not view you as a whore. The same way they view, say. Uh, Little Kim or or Nicki Minaj even, that's she's protected. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why all her videos and her music, you know, glorifies Satan. You know that is that's that's her protection. She's she's protected by that that demonic spirit which blinds people. That says um, you know you know shows what she really is. And it's amazing. I could I could post what I'm saying now on Facebook and it would be a, you know a huge debate. Just because she's protected by that by that demonic spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. But yet, let me post something about the same exact thing about, uh, say, Little Kim, or even Nicki Minaj, or you know, what I'm saying? it won't be any problem. But say something about Queen B, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a problem. What's up with that? Were you ever a fan of Beyonce? No, believe it or not, I was not. I never ever like even during the whole days. <laughs> You know, I never was a Beyonce fan. I could never um, get into her music. I was more so a Nicki Minaj and Rihanna fan. Like, those two, I really liked them. Not to say they were any better, you know. But, um, yeah, I wasn't, never got into Beyonce like that. Interesting. You know, Beyonce (laughs) is one of those women where, um, you know, it's just interesting. You know, she is, um, like, you know, we've, we've done... We just did a classic show on the definition of love where we actually analyzed one of her songs, uh, One Plus One, in, in talking about what love is. She's made a number of songs, whether it's Cater to You, One Plus One. Uh, I mean, you know, she has a lot of, you know, great love songs, um, even great gospel music from back in the day. She has a, uh, what's that, the Countdown, even. Countdown, oh, yeah, I like is that. that. We did a show on what the heck? He used to be coming out of nowhere, Courtney. <laughs> just, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, no, no, that's what's up. That's a good song. We did a, a show on I don't know, it was a Keeping It Real Friday on um, on Countdown where we talked about those lyrics and how they epitomize. That's how you can tell she knows what she's doing. She can make some great music that epitomizes love. Even her new song, well, Countdown definitely epitomizes what love is between what I would say a married couple. I, you know, that's not that could be a song about a great marriage. 
You know what I'm saying? And just being honest, because it, it, it has a sexual tone to it, but nothing disrespectful. It's like, yo, shoot, my wife could sing Countdown to me. That, you know, it is what it is, with, with, with no problem. And so now, now everybody's googling. Uh, okay, lyrics to <laughs> Countdown. Let me Beyonce. Let me see Google Countdown. Hmm. Who's that gonna miss yeah, they're going to miss the next five minutes because they're actually analyzing the, the lyrics as we speak to try to find some way to disprove. Those are the psychos, right? There. That's what the psychos do. <laughs> but the, the the people who are not psychos are actually still listening and will maybe Google at a, at a later time. you know. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but another song, what's that new song? Uh, Dance For You. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that, that's, I came on the radio today. Good, okay. Yeah, that's a good song. That's a real good song, you know what I'm saying? Because they, uh, now, you know, it's not in today. You know, in today's society, you can't make a good song. Not if you're black and you, you know, you are in urban radio. You can't make a good song without hoifying it, you know, with a with a crazy video. You know, you can't just be a great love song. God forbid, you know what I'm saying? You actually have to have make it. You know, you're you're stripping for some for some old white man. Like if you guys saw the video for uh, Dancy. It's just ridiculous. It's just, it's just, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous the the world that we live in, man. You know, everything is Illuminati'd out. You know, I, I posted the picture yesterday of uh, Michelle Williams, and it's, it's funny. There was actually people in there in the group asking, like, "What do you mean? How? What do you? Why do you say she sold her soul? Like, how did she not? Do you see the picture?" The one eye covered up, the the black and white towel, you know, outfit, the the red black, you know, and white and silver, that whole color scheme. I mean, it's you know that was the the epitome of Illuminati symbolism and symbolism of the, that people you know put out there to show their allegiance, you know, to to Satan basically, and furthering a satanic agenda. It's a reason why Miley Cyrus dresses the way she does. Beyonce, Michelle Williams. I mean, go, the list goes on and on and on. Kelly Rowland. I mean, every Nicki Minaj. I mean, everybody. You don't hear from people, you know, in a while, and you want, you know, and a lot of times it's because specifically because they're not willing to do what's necessary to be commercially successful. <clears throat> you don't get awards and you know get invited to these BT awards front row, you know, VMAs, all types of stuff without doing certain things, without furthering a satanic agenda. Have you guys ever noticed that? I mean, show me a celebrity, please. Show me a celebrity that is on fire for Jesus Christ. Just show me one. And I'll wait. Like, call in. Show me. Not, now, again, now let me just let me clarify here. I'm not talking to, don't say, well, what about T.D. Jakes and what about Joe? No, show me a celebrity. When I say on fire for Jesus Christ, I mean not afraid to to, to preach messages and to put forth, you know, um, you know, messages that glorify not only Jesus Christ, but glorify God. And when I say God, I'm going backwards to the Old Testament. Where, where we heard in detail about how God feels about certain issues like fornication, 
like homosexuality, okay, like whorish behavior from women. Because don't don't get me started on Ezekiel again. Don't you know we did that. Please don't get me started. You see what I'm saying? So there are no. When I, that's what I mean by being on fire for Christ. You know, show me someone who is not afraid to not sugar sugarcoat their messages or their music, or 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 not. You know, other than I mean, even if they are claiming to be Christians, now you have the other people who are downright. Furthering this satanic agenda of money, sex, violence, drugs, party life. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what being a celebrity in society represents. Now, if you're not a lo- down with that agenda, one of two things will happen. One, you either fade off into the the uh, you know the sunset, never to be heard from again, or depending on how deep you are into it, A.K.A. Lauren Hill, A.K.A. D.M.X. AK, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many people we could just go into where if you choose not to go along with the plan, they destroy your life. You know what I'm saying? They destroy you. So it's either fall off, go away quietly, or depending on the situation, they might prove a Michael Jackson. You know, they might just go ahead and prove a point. The stuff is deep, man. Pray for Lamar Odom. Pray for Lamar Odom. Because, I, I, you know, God showed me some stuff. That's all I'm going to say about it. Just pray for Lamar Odom right now because you got to look at stuff. You really have to look at stuff right now, okay? I don't even want to, I really don't even want to go into it, but right now the Kardashians and, and people, the people who know what's up, like know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, like what I'm about to, where I'm going with this. But the Kardashians, anyone knows this, are at the absolute peak of their fame, you know, their money is at the the most it's ever been. The Courtney Kim, that whole family, the ratings are higher than they've ever been. Their money is the show. You know what I'm saying? Like everything, the whole baby situation. They're at the height of their celebrity right now. Okay, that is not free. That it's not free. That that comes with a price, and they've been in the spotlight for quite some time. It's not a coincidence that we're hearing all of this stuff in the media about Lamar Odom. Corey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen Lamar Odom on television smoking or even appear to be drunk or any type of under-the-influence type of behavior from Lamar Odom? No, I haven't, and that's why it's crazy because it seems like it's just coming out of nowhere. Like him having a problem. I never saw it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming out of nowhere. No, You know what I'm saying? And so all I'm going to say about that, and you guys know where I'm going with this, pray for Lamar Odom <laughs> because it's crazy out here, man. So uh, The price of fame is not free. I'm going to put it like that, man. We can keep it moving, man. But uh, it's, it's, it's deep, man. It's definitely deep. We're talking tonight about being a bad bitch, Versus being a beautiful woman I love my beautiful women I can't stand bad bitches Okay One of, And I want to do some um, some questions tonight Some advice questions But I was going to say I posted on the on the flyer uh, Beyonce looking like a hoe And uh, in, in contrast to Florida Evans Esther, uh, Esther Rowe From obviously everyone knows her from As a You know like I said Florida Evans from Good Times Who 
who is absolutely, in my opinion, somebody said, I forget what the guy said, somebody uh, posted on one of my pages, he said, great topic, powerful message, but I just can't associate Florida Evans with being a beautiful woman, laugh out loud. Other than that, spot on, and I might have to call in, have a good show. You know, and that's that's very mean. That wasn't nice because, see, I don't like it. Is, it's a funny thing. Courtney, have you ever noticed that the psychos and the haters, they'll be quick to take up for hoes who are exhibiting hoish behavior. But if they see someone who is a good woman, a great woman being disrespected, they won't say anything. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I see it. I see it literally almost every day on Facebook, yes. Women will take up for the Olivia Popes. Women will take up for the Beyonce's. Women will take up for women who clearly don't respect themselves. But they will, you know, when it comes to women, you know, good women, women being raped or you know, being like just different stuff you might see in the news. They really don't have too much to say about that, you know. And it's like, yo, the reason for I get it. The reason is because a lot of that is because they can relate. You know, I mean, who are we kidding? We talked that we just did a show on a scandal, the season season two premiere recap, one of the best shows ever. Definitely check it out if you missed it. But um, you know, a lot of women out here who have exhibited hoish behavior at some point in their life, they can relate. So they say, well, you know, I I love Beyonce, I love Olivia Pope. Why? Because I've been the jump off, I've been his hoe, I've been his, you know, his his Friday night freak. I've been controlled and manipulated by a man before. I've felt like I was in love with someone who, who you know, where there was some drama. Well, FYI, guys, love and drama don't go together. When you're in love, there's no drama. When you have a soul tie, you'll be filled. It'll be filled with drama. A lot, you know, and if you, and if you again, if you miss my special on the definition of love, so many people out here have no idea what love is. They've never been in love. They have no idea what it's all about. And so they they erroneously say, "Oh, I was in love with this guy back in the day." Well, how were you in love if it's if it's no if it's no more? You know, the Bible says that love is never ending. Love is eternal, everlasting. So if it was in the past tense, then you know, it wasn't it wasn't love. You know, bad bitch, H town. You know you know you know he's talking about Beyonce, right? Right, yeah. H town. Yeah. You know, Houston. Mm-hmm. Houston. Yeah. That's that's what they call Houston. If you guys don't know, Beyonce's from Houston. He says bad bitch. He decided to throw, make a reference to his wife. I mean that's that should be obvious, but you know, I don't refer to my wife as a as a bitch. You know, certainly not a bad bitch. You know, that would be disrespectful. So, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's two totally different people. Different people, different cultures, different ways of life. One is, is God-oriented. And the funny thing is, Jay-Z, I remember Jay-Z saying around the time when his daughter was born, he wasn't going to use the word bitch anymore now that he had a daughter. Did you, you remember that? Yeah, now that you bring it up. I had totally forgot about it since he's been using it. <laughs> you know, I totally forgot that he said that. Absolutely ridiculous. You see what I'm saying? Like the, the level of hypocrisy. He actually yeah. said that. Made a whole big deal about it. But mm-hmm. you, you see what I'm saying? Like that. Now clearly, he doesn't. He, he uses the word bitch all the time. 
like all throughout his music. Now the problem is most people will defend the Jay Z's and the Beyonces because they really don't listen to their music. They have no idea what Jay Z raps about. They'll be quick to say, "Oh, he doesn't worship Satan." Beyonce, said, well, how, do you even listen to his music to even say that? Like, do you, what's the last Jay Z song you ever heard? What's the last album you actually listened to? I'm not talking about the radio song. I'm talking about the actual album. Like, what? Like, what do you know about Jay Z? Well, I don't listen to his music, but I'm just what? No, you're just saying what? What are you saying? You don't listen to his music, so how can you say what he raps about or doesn't rap about? That's ridiculous. I was just debating with somebody the other day. Like, well, I don't, I don't listen to Beyonce, but I, I can tell you that she doesn't do that. Well, how can you tell me that if you don't listen to it? You're like, well, what did you think about that video that she put out that that was filled with demonic imagery and satanic symbolism? Well, I didn't watch that, but I'm just, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. You see, sometimes you just gotta walk away because it's like it's just foolishness, you know, absolute foolishness. Mindless zombies following whatever the government, the, the you know these, you know puts in front of you. The entertainment industry puts in front of you. It's like, wow, okay, this is what it is. But no, that's not what it is. I was never into the Matrix, Courtney. Were you into the Matrix? No, I wasn't. Couldn't get with I it. Was, I was never into it. I know it's one of the most influential movies, groundbreaking movies of all you know, series, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the Matrix trilogy. I've never really been a big sci-fi person, but now there's a reason why I'm going back and, and watching a lot of these shows, watching a lot of these movies, just because of the symbolism. I can only imagine how much symbolism, is, you know, that they, so much hidden stuff, you know what I'm saying, that they literally put right in front of our eyes. In the Matrix, and I, I, that's the only reason I'm gonna watch it. I'm actually, it's probably don't. I, I know I wasn't into it before, but I, I suspect I'll find it probably to be one of the most entertaining uh, movies ever. I, I'm assuming that, so we'll see. I'll keep you posted on that. One of the things I said online was is that um, beauty, you know, beauty is not true beauty is not defined by looks, but it is a respectable, classy, and godly way of life. What do you think about that statement, Courtney? I like that. I really do. And because it, I think it, it clears up a lot of misconceptions that people, you know, have. Because I know with me for a while I associated, you know, beauty with just, you know, exterior or, you know, what most people would find to be attractive. But that's not what it's all about at all. Um, you know, it's about who you are as a person. And like, like you just said, that being respectable. And that's that really makes you beautiful. Like people who have like the best personalities, like you, you think you even if they they're not considered to be attractive by a lot of people, the fact that they are good people and you see God in them, that makes them beautiful. So I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. I always say I, I post this from time to time. Never confuse the love of God for the lust of men. A man telling you that you're sexy is nothing compared to hearing God tell you that he loves you. Now, some people, you know, and, and I post a lot of this stuff on my page and the Friends of the Day Don Tolbert Show group, um, but I also posted in, in many, that's one of the reasons why the show is heard by so many people, because I, I put 
a lot of advertisements and, and my advice and things like that, and a lot of other groups with you know five thousand, ten thousand, you know members, and you know a lot of it is secular, um, you know secular people, um, and you know a lot of times the same thing that say you guys in the friends group might see, and um, you know just give it the thumbs up or whatever on my page. A lot of people will take that and, and choose to debate about it over nothing. Like, you, you believe that in one of the groups that I'm in, that statement, never confuse the love of God for the lust of men, that statement is, there's this, there's still currently a debate going on that's stretched about a week with close to a thousand comments just just debating that, that post. Can you Can you believe that? Actually, I can because that's happened to me before. <laughs> And people just debating over nothing, like something that's so cut and dry, people want to just pick apart. I, yeah, I do see that in the in the other groups. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually very um, <laughs> it's very ridiculous actually, and but that's what we see a lot in today's society, you know. And here's the thing: when you hear that, you know, somebody was saying in the group, well, well, how? What do you mean hear that God loves you? How do you hear God? Well, well, that's the whole thing. If if you're a Christian. You know, and, and who is striving to to love to to be pleasing to God? Well, then you will hear Him. But if you're not, then you won't hear Him. You know, if you're if you're content, because see, sin is as we talk about is, is something that separates you from God. It distances you from God. So if you're if you're so far away from Him because you're living a sinful lifestyle, a hoish lifestyle, a niggardly lifestyle, a thug lifestyle, well, then you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit. Speaking to you That doesn't mean that he's not there It just means you're so far away that you can't hear him Now, the great thing about it is Is that when you change your life And you decide that you want to get closer to God He's he's always going to be there He'll just get a little bit closer And you'll get closer Then you can hear each other talk That's just how any relationship works If you're close, then you can hear each other If you're far away, you can't hear Same thing with God Perfect example here Now there's a woman on, you know, I think this post is, you know, going viral or some, some crap. Some some young woman here, um, you know, defending scandal and Olivia Pope. She says, "Dear black men who criticize scandal and Olivia Pope, I would rather be a white man's whore than a piece of gum stuck to the bottom of a black man's shoe." Now, now, what the heck is that all about? I mean, did you get a chance to read that post? I know there's some people in the group, um, you know, discussing that at this point. What What are your thoughts on that um, that statement by this young woman? Yeah, I saw it. I commented on it. Um, I I felt bad um, for her because, I, you know, as crazy as that statement sounds, I know that that's coming from. Um, a very bad place, you know, within herself. Um, it, it's obvious that she's had bad run-ins with black men, and so, uh, and and as a result, she hasn't been healed from that. And I mean, that's a lot of women's stories as to why they defend scandal so much. And it's like they feel like Olivia has won now that she's got the white man. But even though she's his whore, I think a lot of people feel like she she's won somehow. Um, and, it, and it's just another reason to, you know, put black men down. And so for her to say that, that really just shows how lost she is and um, that she, she has a little ways to go. But I, I hope that she's able to heal from whatever happened to her or whoever hurt her. She needs to get past that. 
Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that type of mentality, that type of way of thinking only comes from hurt. It only comes from pain and resentment and 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 from um just a lot of things. You you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of a lot of uh a lot honestly a lot of bodies. Because you don't develop a negative uh condescending, you know, just horrible way of looking at a, at an entire race of people unless you've given your body to a significant amount of people in that in that you know that category of that race she you know what I'm saying and that's just what it is that that's a that's emotional unavailability as a whole and, and I see a lot of people saw that but they didn't necessarily see the accompanying letter which I actually want to read I actually want to read it. This is, this is a young woman. I think her name is Cola, Cola Booth. Uh, kind of interesting name here, but she she responded based on all of the I guess the backlash that she was getting. Interestingly enough, now while she's very emotionally unavailable, while she is uh, a psycho, she actually made a few. I won't say good, but a few true points about certain aspects of the black community. And and I say certain because a lot of the stuff that she said is true about certain black men and how they treat certain black women. See, a lot of people what you got to before I read this letter, I want I want to make something very clear. <laughs> and I I'm probably one of the only people to say this, but the black community is absolutely jacked up, like on a large scale. It's really messed up, you know, like the relationships between black men and black women as a whole, you know, black fathers and black daughters, black mothers, black sons. I mean, it's just jacked up, and it's been jacked up for quite some time now. And as a result of it being jacked up, we there are a lot of ramifications to that. There are going to be a lot of effects, side effects, of that, you know, we're going to see um, black men disrespecting black women. We're going to see black men dating outside of their race. Where, you know, what I'm saying, like, we're going to see so much of that. And so, I, but unfortunately, what I'm saying is that's all she sees. Remember what I said? Like, when you put yourself out there in a certain way, you're going to only attract the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, and the players. So if your whole life has been has consisted of dating black men and only black men who will who will lie, cheat, dog, steal from you, well then as a as a thirty five year old woman, forty year old woman, you're obviously going to have a negative depiction of black men. So a lot of the stuff that she actually said was coming from personal experiences, as negative as it may be, that was her reality. And a lot of the things that she said in this letter about the black men who she has interacted with are true. See, I'm not I'm the wrong guy to look at to expect, you know, to make somebody to make excuses for black men or make excuses for black women. No, a hoe is a hoe, a nigga is a nigga, a thug is a thug, a bitch is a bitch. You know, like, the, we have to start calling it, it, you know, calling it for what it is. She is a woman who is writing a letter expressing her views. I'm not defending her. I'm just explaining her. She's explaining and discussing her experiences dealing with niggas. 
So instead of looking at her and saying, well, this is right or this is wrong or she's this and she's that, I would just say, one, pray for her, but then two, you know, if you can relate, just stop dating niggas. Just stop having sex with niggas. And then you won't have to be able to relate to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you feel like all men cheat or all men are dogs, only thing is just, just stop having sex with men. You know what I mean? Just stop having sex. I always tell women, if you stop, once you stop having sex, 99% of the, your problems go away. A lot of people don't realize that. For a lot of people, sex is what's, is the main thing that's keeping them separate from God. Well, if you don't have God in your life, then you're going to have an attitude. You're going to have an attitude. You're not going to have love because obviously God is love. You know, you're probably going to have drama. You're going to have some non-committal situations because we would know that men don't commit to women who they target for sex. So you 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 eliminate the sex, Courtney. I mean, since you have since you have not been having sex, hasn't your life been exponentially better than it was? Yes, and what I can say is. I'm able to see things much clearer as opposed to when I was having sex and living a sinful lifestyle. It was like everything was blurry, everything was cloudy, it was a lot of confusion. Um, and that, you know, that comes with having sex, you know, that distortion um, exists. But, yeah, when you knock that out and you eliminate that, yeah, I mean, things are much clearer. And then also, you know, building a great relationship with God, that helps as well. And it's just all of those things combined um, is really good. Is really good for you. Absolutely. If you don't mind, do you mind revealing how long it's been since you haven't had sex? Wow. Um, it's coming close to six years. Wow. That's congrats. Congratulations on that. You know, Thank that's you. Great. Had to think about it. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's excellent. I said on the other night. I said, um, you know, um, I salute. And congratulate all the women out there who have had sex with less than with you know ten people. You know we need it. We there's you know society as a whole uplifts hoeish behavior. Anytime when Beyonce, the ultimate hoe, Nicki Minaj, the ultimate hoe, these are two of the most popular women in the black community. You know the when the when the the most popular shows in the black community are are shows that center around the lives of whores. I mean that's a problem. So, you know, we we need to. I have a platform. So if, if everybody else is going to uplift hoes, I want to uplift the positive black women. I want to uplift our, our queens. I want to uplift the virtuous women. You know, let's uplift those women. I don't want to uplift the, the, the Olivia Pope. So let's take it back to good times. Let's take it back to the Cosby show. Let's uplift, you know, Esther Roll. You know, and it's funny. You look here. You You pull up this picture. You know, and Beyonce, really, I mean, honestly, a lot of people may not disagree. I I think the comparison, what people don't realize is, just look at that. Pull it up on your Facebook. A lot of women, most women will think that black men in today's society want what's on the left-hand side of that. The big breasts, the long hair, the the long weave, the, the, the sexual... Is, she, is this chick throwing up devil horns with her hand? I didn't even notice that. Look at oh, this. wow. Look at her hand. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people think that that's what we want as men, that that, that, that JBF look, 
You guys know all about JBF. You don't, you know, I don't want to tell you. But that's what y'all think that we, we're into. But no, you look over to the right, it's the total opposites. Relatively no makeup, you know. And, so, and I'm not saying I want Danny to go cut her hair into an afro. I'm not saying that. I probably <laughs> wouldn't be feeling that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that might not be the best look. But, oh, and her. But I'm just saying, this is a beautiful woman right here. This, James had no problem with it. You know what I'm saying? He loved him from Florida, man. He couldn't wait to get his hands on her. And that's what it's about. It's not about what society says. You know, because, I mean, look at this comparison. Society will say, Beyonce, that's that's beauty, looking like a whore. But look at Florida, Esther Rowe, classy, beautiful, respectable, well-kept. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, see, and this is another, there's so much we could talk about just as far as this one picture goes. Every Ladies, you're not, even if you do, most of you don't, let me be clear, but most of you don't. But even if you did look like Beyonce looks now, like with the body and just that's how you look, later on, eventually, you're going to look like Tina. You go from Beyonce to looking like Tina Knowles. And Tina Knowles is not on anybody's top, I mean, neither is Beyonce. Beyonce is not on anybody's <laughs> top five list, but certainly Tina Knowles isn't. You're going to get to that point eventually. Some of you are going to look just like Esther Rowe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna need for you to have a seat. Like, are you serious right now? I'm just saying. You know, hey, Court, don't don't laugh, Court. You might look like I'm just being real with you. You might look like Esther Rowe. There's nothing wrong with that, though. When you're sexy, okay. I'm just saying. When you're, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, my mom looks similar to Esther Rowe. You know, I mean? y'all might have seen pictures of my mom. I mean, she doesn't look like. But you get what I'm like. That type of Afro type of natural hair. You know, she's a beautiful woman. My mom, Esther Rowe, there are a lot of older, beautiful black women out here. You're going to get old, ladies. Men want, there's not a man on the planet. Understand what I'm saying to you. There's not a man on the planet who say, hey, look, who would you rather have as a wife, Beyonce or Florida Evans? That's a no-brainer. Everybody would want Florida Evans. Any, everyone would take Florida Evans over Beyonce. I'm sure if you Google some pictures of Esther Rowe from back in the day, I, I've never done that, and I have no idea what she looked like, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was a very attractive woman in her 20s. And see, a lot of people look at Esther Rowe, and they make jokes and say different things, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know, that's she. You know, most women will look similar to that at some point in their lives. So be the woman... Now, who you know you're going to want to be later on in the future. You know, don't wait until you actually look like Esther Rowe to start acting like Esther Rowe. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm saying some stuff. That's classic right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, that's, you go that on might in. be the most, honestly, I've said a lot of things. That might be one of the most insightful and most truest statements I've ever said. Seriously. Don't wait until you look like Esther Rowe to start acting like Esther Rowe. You understand that? Be that woman now while you still have the looks, while these men are still checking for you, maybe still checking for you. But I'm just saying, why wait until you're 40 or 50 to become cool, 
to be humble, to be submissive, to be dependent as opposed to independent. A lot of women are like, whoa, I was feeling these for, you know, until you said dependent. I ain't, I ain't dependent on no man. Well, you need to be. You need to be dependent. The Bible says clearly man is not meant to be independent from woman. Woman is not meant to be independent from man. Well, you guys are, you know, it's not rocket science, but the opposite of independent is dependent. We're supposed to lean on each other. In fact, the Bible says that when two souls, when two people get married, those souls become one. You know, you know, like that's that's just what it is. You're now one person. So if you're one person, like if you're a Siamese twin, those twins they have to depend on each other. That's just what they have to do. Why? Because they're one. They're they're connected. They're two people, but they're connected as one. So they they have no choice to to depend on each other. That's the same thing with 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 really. That's how it should be with marriage. So. You ever look at it from that perspective, Courtney? Yeah, now, yeah, <laughs> but like you know, years back, no. You know, I wanted to be an independent woman and do my own thing, and so yeah, I'm glad that I figured it out. You know, at this point, as opposed to later on, you know, down the line. So I'm thankful. Let me, for let me, that. yeah, absolutely. Let me. I want to read this. I want to read something. I want to read this uh, this letter. And I'm, I probably won't read the whole thing, but this is what she says. Very negative, very depressed, psycho chick. Says, notice, I said F black men on my post about the TV show scandal, and notice how these stupid black women who watch other black women being dragged and, and dehumanized by black men every day ran to defend the honor of these men who literally do not give an F about them. That's why black women don't have anything. They are constantly loving people and ideas who don't love them. They're painfully loyal to these people who don't give a darn about them. And I'm paraphrasing her her horrible, disgusting language here. Uh, They have no innate defense mechanism, and they're male-identified. They see race and respect and value through black maleness. These weak, scared, fourth-priority black women who black men talk about like S-H-I-T, and treat worse, are quick to come rushing to the rescue of heartless a-holes who say F you, who they, assholes that I said F you to. Uh, But they have nothing to show for loving the black man, nothing but constant public humiliation, disrespect, and marginalization. Let me stop right there for a second. See, because what I have to realize, a lot of people were saying a lot of things about this woman and about this letter, but everything that she said in this letter up until this point was absolutely true about many, not all, but many black women and their experiences with many black men. Is that Am I lying, Courtney? No, that's, that's how it is a lot of times, for the most part, yeah. She said... Black women being dragged and dehumanized by black men every day are running to defend the honor of these black men who literally don't give a darn about them. That's very true, ladies. A lot of y'all are defending black men who literally don't care about you. And I'm here to tell y'all, stop it. You know, stop defending these losers. Stop defending the men who are having sex with you and start trying to position yourself to be with a man who will marry you. Because the reality is black men do have a lot to say, a lot of negative things 
to say about many black women that they've experienced. I want y'all see, and so do I. But the thing about it is, I have some great things to say about my wife. You see, you see the difference there. See, see, because I don't, I love black women, but at the same time, I've dated some hoes. Well, I shouldn't say that. I've had sex with some hoes and dealt with some hoes. Never, you know what I'm saying? And so, don't be the type of because we're gonna. You're going to be stories. We're going to have good stories, and they're going to be bad stories. They're going to be stories about the host. Then we're going to look back and be like, wow, you know what? Like I do from time to time. I've told you all some stories about some great women, some good women that I've dated in my past. You hear every day some great stories about my wife. But at the same time, you've also heard the stories about the host. So the question then remains, you know, is, you know, how will you be remembered? What story will be told about you? What will your legacy be? The men from your past, are they speaking about you fondly, even if they're married? Because like I said, I have a lot of positive things to say about certain women from my past. You've heard many of those stories. But you've also, like I said, you hear some some not-so-good stories. You know, that some of you, your story has yet to be written. Courtney, for example, yeah, there's some men out there who have some not-so-good things to say about you, some not-so-good memories about you from your past. However, you still have the opportunity to be found by the best possible man who will look at you in the best possible manner and say the best possible things about you. So do you, ladies. The end of your chapter doesn't necessarily have to have been written yet. So keep that in mind. Another thing that she says, she says, you're loyal to men who don't give a darn about you. You know, weak, scared, fourth-priority women who black men talk about like like crap and treat worse, they're quick to run to the rescue of these guys. Now, check this out. It says, every white woman, Latina, Asian, etc., is consistently and publicly put in front of these black bitches, and yet they still pr- pretending that the black man is some type of untold knight in shining armor on his way to rescue and care about them. Now, let me say this. This is interesting. We talk a lot about interracial dating. We talk a lot. See, her. this is the problem here. What she's saying is true about certain women and certain men. But you can tell she has no recollection, no idea, no, no type of possible thought of what an elite man is, what it means to deal with a man of God. All she's, all she can relate to throughout the course of her life is negativity. You know, that's the that's the crime, that's the tragedy, is that there are so many women who only have experienced one way of life. She says the delusion is so polite. So pathetic, so ingrained that I can't even feel sorry for these women. They're ghetto version, uh, a ghetto version of the Stepford wives. Only they have no wedding rings, no support. Uh, they're basically baby machines. Part of the seventy percent of black women statistic who sit around making biracial kids or watching black men disrespect them with the latest flat ass Mexican chick across the street. And. See, like I said, I, I would love to be able to. It's kind of like Tommy, Tommy Sotomayor, you know. Like he is, you know, she's like the female version of this dude. Because again, everything that she's saying, she hasn't really said anything 
And I didn't really get involved in the thread because I knew we were going to talk about it tonight. But nothing that she really said was incorrect about a large percentage of the black community. Like I said, the thugs, the niggas, the pimps, you know, the players, the deadbeats, you know, and, and the women that she described who loved those men. You can't complain about the treatment you get when you have sex with a nigga. You know what I mean? Like, if you lay down with a, with a dog, you should expect to get up with fleas. How are you complaining about anything when you had sex with this man? You weren't complaining when he was blowing your back out. You weren't complaining when you were, like, down on your knees giving him head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Disrespecting yourself. He's videotaping you with his cell phone camera, giving him head, showing his friends. And you want to complain about the fact that he got you pregnant. Well, why you let him hit raw? How are you going to complain when you let him smash raw up inside you? I mean, don't be mad at your baby dad. You picked him. I didn't come up. Somebody said that. It's like a little thing floating around. See it from time to time. I mean, that's, but it's true. If you have sex with someone, you chose your, baby's, your baby uh, father. I'm not blaming single moms, but I'm just saying, don't just accept it. Just accept the responsibility. Don't complain. Like I, now I'm not saying that you should be complacent. I'm not saying that you should not do anything to have better. We did a whole show on how to become a successful single mom. But don't sit around and complain. That's like go, complaining about a job that you get up every day to go to. This slave days are over. Nobody forced you to go to work. You don't have to work there. You don't have to have sex with that man. You don't have to have sex at all, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? If you got three kids by three different men, don't complain about the fact that they're not taking care of your kids. You complain about the fact that you had sex with three different men and had babies with them all. That Complain about that. I'm just saying, like, how come more attention is not put on the women who have sex with these men as opposed to the men who are not doing what they're supposed to do? Right. I mean, that's a really good question. I think a lot of times it's because, um, you know, it, it hurts to look internally. You know, I think it's much easier, um, you know, for black women, um, you know, to point the finger and say, oh, this is all your fault and, you know, that things turn out the way it did. But when they actually take the time to self-reflect, it is uncomfortable. It's great, like, once you do it, but I think initially to say, you know what, I have to own up to what happened, you know, I have to take, you know, uh, responsibility and accountability, that does hurt. And I think a lot of women, you know, shy away from that and they're they're scared of that. But, I mean, that's the only way you're going to change when you acknowledge the part that you played. I just read the end of this letter. She said, I'd rather be a white man's whore than a piece of gum stuck to the bottom of a black man's shoe. Because no matter what y'all try to say, I have eyes and ears. And most, and this and this is, I, I like the fact that she did this. She said, and most, and capitalized most, and even said after, not all, but most of these black mofos don't give a damn about black women and black children. They killed their own mother and the white people watched. Let me, see, that's a very true statement right there. Because what do I always say? So you can be mad at her, but if you want to, and you can be mad at me too. But I say the same thing. I say that most black men in today's society are the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, and the players. 
who don't, obviously if you fit into that category, then clearly you're not going to care about black babies and you're not going to care about black women. However, what I do, what this show is designed to do, is to help you be found by that somewhere around 10% of what I call elite men, true men of God, that the Bible even says one in a thousand men will be a true man of God. I just happen to put that, you know, give that term that, you know, call them an elite man. But you can call them whatever you want. You understand what I'm saying? It's about 10%. So the rest of the 90% of men out here are the liars, the dogs, and the, the deadbeats, and they're having sex with the other 90% of hoes out here. 90% of black women are hoes. I'm just going to be real with y'all. 90% of black men are are, are, are hoes as well. Both 90% of black men and black women are, are hoes. That's why one of the reasons why the black community is so jacked up. Because you got a bunch of hoes having sex with each other, making babies. I mean, how else would you get 70% of black babies being born in a single-parent household? Why? Because hoes are having sex with deadbeats. If you have sex with a deadbeat, the only people that suffer are going to be the kids. You know. Now, the question is, are you going to be that 10% of women who are actually found by a true man of God? And, fellas, are you going to be... The the 10% of men who actually find that great thing that the Bible speaks of. The Bible says, um, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of God. Well, only about 10% of men will ever achieve the favor of God. I find myself in that 10%. How many? And, I, and I'm not saying I'm anybody great, but just ask yourself a little private question. How many men do you know like me? Just ask yourself that. And again, I'm not putting myself up on any pedestal, but you see me, you listen to me every night, you see you know, the type of family I have, you see how I love Jesus Christ, you see the type of work that I do for a living. How many men out there in today's society, anywhere, that do you know are, are like me, or do the things that I do, or talk how I talk? You know, not too many, I mean, and that's just being honest. So that's what I'm saying. It's, only, it's a very small percentage. It's about 10% of all men fall into the category, and this is biblical, fall into the category of being a true man of God. So the question is, if you're going to be found by you know, one of those men in that 10%, you have to be in that, the 10% of women who is a truly virtuous woman. Most women are not. That's why they experience what they experience. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Courtney? That's kind of deep, right? That is, it is. But, I mean, the thing about it, the the good thing about it is, you know, if you take the necessary steps, you know, as far as just doing, you know, the the self-reflection that's needed and just the willingness to change, I mean, you can be part of that 10%. And so, I mean, that's the good part about it. Not all hope is lost um, with that. Let's do this. Let's cut the crap. Bottom line, if you want to be part of that 10%, Call eight five five fifty five day on. No no games, no BS. If I mean all jokes aside, time for fun and games is over. If you wanna be in that ten percent, that's what I do. You call me. You send an email to Daydon at trctoday.com. That's it. That's what you do. So many people listen, so many people are like, Oh, okay, no, I'm no, it's like either you, you wanna be or you don't. That's it. Listening to the show is not enough. Getting counseling is not enough. It's a combination. So many women out there listen to the show every night, but they're wondering why they're still single, why their lives are not being changed. They haven't called that number. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm just I'm just saying you got to do what you got to do. Start the process today. The holidays are coming. You know, the holidays are coming. You know, do you want to be single? I mean, you're going to be single at this holiday. I mean, this is already out. That's the question is, are you going to be single ne- this time next year? Cuz I don't see I don't make unrealistic. I'm not gonna, I'm not a magician. I'm not going to find you a husband in in 90 days or no crap like that. You know what I'm saying? But if you start the process now, there is a good chance that you will have love this time next year. That's the real. I'm not going to BS you. I'm not going to lie to you. But if you wait another year, you know, the process takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. question is how old do you want to be? How long do you want to wait? Do you want, you know, do you want to be a bad bitch or do you want to be a virtuous woman of God? That's the question. That's the decision that has to be made. Let's talk about, let's do so many. So that was that question. I want to talk about the uh, the psycho chick. I can't even really call her that, though. I mean, I won't call her a psycho. I won't. I'm not going to call her a psycho. But I will call her a very emotionally disturbed woman, a very hurt woman, you know, a woman who's been through a lot. But she's speaking from her reality. Now, it's unfortunate that her reality is what it is. But it's not an incorrect assessment of the men who she's experienced directly. So let's. I want to talk about something else from a lot of um, interesting topics. Shout out to you guys for um, you know for sh- for uh, sharing a lot of interesting topics in the group. You know, uh, you know I, a lot of uh, biblical scriptures, inspirational messages, news stories. It's just a great group, a very diverse group. I wanted to do a um, do a couple of advice questions, and uh, you know we can get up out of here. You know what I mean? Interesting question posed by uh, by Lynette. Actually, no, I'm going to read that one, but I want to do this one first. Uh, shout out to Lynette. I want to um, talk about her whole question on PhD. We'll do that right after this. But I want to start off with this one. There was a question in the group about birth control. And, and people, I want to I want to talk about some stuff. I'll just read the question and we can talk about it. Uh, it says, if a woman claims to be a Christian and has changed her life, she says that she's waiting on the Lord for her Boaz, but she's on birth control. What does this say about her as a person and her walk with the Lord? This is very interesting. This is a very interesting question. And, and the question isn't even the problem, but it's the responses that were the problem. And I don't, you know, I'm, I keep it real. I'm not afraid to tell people, you know, I feel like there were a lot of some people who were out of line. See, because we talk a lot about the group and people in the group have erroneously been accused often of being judgmental. People use it and they throw it out incorrectly. Because we're, we discuss a certain issue, people say, "Oh, you know, you're you're judging." A lot of times, that, that that's used out of context, and there is no judging going on. Going on, however, there was, in my opinion, a lot of judging going on on this thread. Because, first of all, it's you. That that's not a problem. Like if now this would have been something totally different if the person was claiming to be a Christian. But 
you knew definitively, like that they were out there boasting about being a hoe or walking around butt naked. Or we, th- there's not enough information here to even form an opinion. You don't even have anything to see. There's nothing even to talk about. But to say solely that because she's on birth control, you know, and ask what does that say about her as a person and her walk with the Lord, it doesn't say anything. How do you know what her relationship is with the Lord just because she's on birth control? How do you even know that she's having sex? Just because someone is on birth control, guys, FYI, it doesn't necessarily mean they're having sex. I've personally had exes who were on birth control, not because they were having sex, but because they were, you know, it regulates your period. Some people have irregular periods, birth control regulates them. Some people take it just for, you know, other purposes. First of all, I'm not even a woman, so I don't even know why all the reasons some people take birth control. Now, some people take birth control because they're hoes and they know they're having sex. Yes, that could be the case or it could not be the case. But when you don't know and then you form your own opinion that, you know, based on no facts at all and you just, you're judging that person. You see what I'm saying? Like, even answering this question, anyone who answered this question, you know, is basically judging her because there's not enough information. How can you say what someone someone's relationship is like with the Lord when you don't know and there's no information to even be able to say? Now, we talk a lot about people who have sold their souls. We talk a lot about people like Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, in regards to their relationships or lack thereof with God. We're able to discuss that because they make music that they put forth that speaks directly to their lack of a relationship with God. We, they make music that speaks to, the, to blasphemy, you know, and satanic worship. They put that, that stuff out there for themselves to be judged. You know, if you put yourself on a pedestal, you know, in a certain celebrity light, you're putting yourself up there for, you know, scrutiny. That's just the nature of the business. But if you're just asking a question about a regular woman and, you know, what's her relationship like with God based off of the fact that she takes birth control, that doesn't mean anything. What you, I mean, that's just my views, though. So to answer the question, there's it does what does it say about her walk with the Lord, the Lord or her as a person? <laughs> it doesn't say anything. I don't know her. I can't say what it's, you know what I mean? It, doesn't, it makes no sense to me. What are your thoughts, though, Courtney? Yeah, that was pretty extreme. When I saw the the uh, post or the question, I mean, it was pretty extreme. The last part about it, what does it say about her as a person? Like, that's deep. Like, you're getting too deep about it, and you don't even know, you don't have enough information as to, you know, what's going on with her. Like you said, regulates periods, clears up acne, I believe. Like, I mean, who knows? We don't know her situation. So that's why I didn't comment because it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I can't I can't speak to that. And so I think a lot of times, um, you know, as Christians, um, some of us, you know, have a tendency to be judgmental because we're, you know, on, on our walk with Christ. And and as a result, unfortunately, a lot of us will look down on people and make judgments unnecessarily without even knowing just because we're where we are with Christ. And that's what I don't like. That's what I don't do. Um, so that's what I think. I'm going to tell you all something. Being judgmental, a lot of you guys may not know this, but Courtney and I both use this in our in our counseling curriculum. Judgment is a one is one of the top 12 symptoms of having severe 
low self-esteem, okay? When you look at other people's lives and judge them, you know, and, and formulate an opinion based on erroneous or, or really no information at all, then that's, you know, a lot of times that is because you are not feeling the best about yourself and judging them and assessing their life actually makes you feel better about yourself. And that's a very, you don't want to do that. So I would just, you know, no harm, no foul if you were on that thread, but just think about it in that perspective. You know, you may want to just kind of steer clear of, of you know, passing judgment and, and um, you know, and you know, with without offering any type of help, you know, anything I do here, you know, whether it's this show, whether it's my counseling, we may even use reality shows or TV shows or movies or songs. To everything is done one to glorify God and two to help people who can relate, you know, or who may be able to relate to a Kim Kardashian or a Chrissy or Evelyn from from these reality. You know what I'm saying? Like those that I know actual real life Evelyns who've been domestically abused. If you guys haven't heard my my special or my spotlight on domestic violence. Definitely check it out. You know, I posted the link. I'll post it a little bit later on. But literally, don't just listen to a show like this, but not listen to a show with like five, six, seven other women are telling their stories of survival, you know, of abuse. Because it could very easily be you, you know, one day. And all those women that I had on there, that none of them thought that that would be them. But it was. So there's that. More advice questions. And you guys can also always... You know, you can post them in the group. That's great. Or you can always email me privately at askdaydon at, uh, at trctoday.com. You can shoot a, shoot over an, uh, you know, an email and an advice question. I've gotten thousands of questions over the years. You know, I save them all. I have a folder um, from like 10 years ago. Questions, you know, sent to me over the years. You know, I write for some magazines. Various parts of the country, and you never know. Your question may end up in a, uh, you know, one of the publications that I do my Ask Dayton Advice column for. Uh, here's a question here: uh, Thoughts and opinions on dating a virgin? Would you be able to do it? Interesting question. See some freaks out here. Some freaks trying to draw out questions and topics about sex. I get it. Courtney, what about you? Would you date a virgin? Um. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I don't. I don't see the issue. Well, at you know all. why not. You know why not. You know why some people wouldn't keep it real. Well, yeah, because they want to have sex, obviously. But I mean, that's not that's not me. So I mean, if I met someone that was a virgin, yeah, that's cool. That's not an issue. Cause you know what? It's not about sex for me. It's not about sex at all for me. So, you know, I want to get to know that person and who they are. So if they say they're a virgin, that's actually, that's very admirable, um, to be honest, because we, we see, like, a lot of female virgins, but, like, male virgins, I don't, I've met, like, one in my whole entire life, but I don't know many. Absolutely, because there are not many out here. That's just what it is. These men out here are hoes. Mm-hmm. Not, not only are they not virgins, these men are having sex with upwards of, a hundred women, you know what I'm saying, by like 35, 36, 22. I mean, these men, like y'all have no idea, man. These men are smashing off some. See, the problem is sex is so readily uh, accessible that it's like if you work at McDonald's, you're, you're probably going to be, you know, you're going to have your share of McDonald's fries, most likely, just because they're so good. You know, you're, you're probably going to have a hard time resisting them. 
And so it's the same thing. If you're an attractive man or, you know, uh, I mean, you don't even have to be attractive nowadays. You just have to have a little bit of personality, you know, keep yourself up, maybe get a haircut. You know what I'm saying? That's it. These women will literally give you sex. And I blame these fathers, you know, I blame these hoish moms, single moms out here trying to raise, you know, single moms who are exhibiting hoish behavior, raising young hoes. We got to talk about that, guys. Stop being afraid to call, I mean, pastors, stop being afraid to talk about and call out hoes. How come these pastors don't call out hoes in their congregation? You know, they need to start. It's a lot of single mom hoes who are raising their daughters to be hoes just like them. And and that combined with the absence of positive male role models, you know, the combination is deadly. A hoe for a mom, a pimp for a dad, a deadbeat dad, I mean, good luck with that child. You know what I'm saying? They have a bright future ahead of them. I'm just saying, Courtney. You see, you see the the product of those those environments out here. Yeah, I, I do, and it's 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 really it's sad. It's sad to see. It's really a, a sad um, state of affairs out here. It's the black community. The black community is jacked up. Yeah. You know, and people want to talk about the real reasons why black men are dating out. Well, actually, people want to talk about. It. They don't want to talk about the real reasons. We do. But one of the reasons is that you don't see a, you don't see as many products of that type of environment. I'm not saying they don't exist, but statistically, you know, there are more white men, you know, in their daughters' lives. There are more white families than there are black families. There's there's less single single moms, you know. I mean, in, in other communities. That's just what it is. There are more single black moms, you know, than any other race. You know, 70% of black babies are born into single-parent households. That's more than double, you know, that of whites, Hispanics, you know, and Asians. It's almost triple that of Asians. So what I'm saying is that's, you know, when you when you grow up in that type of environment that, that glorifies being a a bad bitch, as we're talking about tonight, well, then there's a lot that comes with that. You know, if you're a bad bitch, you're going to be targeted for sex. So most likely you're going to have a high sexual number. Well, when you have a high sexual number, there's going to be a high level of an attitude there, a high level of emotional unavailability. There's going to be no respectability in most cases. And so what happens is, um, you know, when you get ready to change, it's going to be harder because you're so used to having that attitude, so used to having that, that wall up. I couldn't believe I went through the uh, McDonald's drive through My daughter, she's into this uh, these Happy Meals now. She's like, McDonald's? McDonald's? A French fry? I'm like, okay, come on. So we go through the drive through And I was so, it was amazing. I was like so pleasantly surprised. First, you know, you order and, you know, you hear the person. And, you know, she was just very uh, articulate. Very well spoken, very friendly, no attitude. She's like, you know, did I get your order right? I'm just, and I was amazed. Just in a few seconds that I was ordering a Happy Meal for my daughter, I was so amazed and surprised at the level of professionalism and friendliness 
And it's a sad state of affairs that I'm even have to say this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just McDonald's. It's like, what are you talking about? It was just, trust me, I've been to McDonald's a lot of times over the years, and it's um, 99.9% of the time it's attitudes, it's, it's ghetto-ness, it's disgusting, horrible behavior. But today I was actually so pleasantly surprised by this young woman. I mean, I got to the... Um, after I got to the the window where I pay, she was just so, so she was even smiling. She was just like really friendly, you know what I'm saying? Like not extra friendly, but just had a very pleasant demeanor, a very beautiful spirit. I was just like, wow! I, I'm, I I was so tempted to say I didn't want to come off in an inappropriate manner, but I started to be like, yo, you, you know, you're too, uh, you know, uh, too friendly to be working here, right? But I, I just chose not to say that. But that's really what I what I felt like saying. To let her know, like keep up the good work. And I really wanted to just, in some way, it, was, it would have been inappropriate no matter how you looked at it. But you know, I wanted it would have been nice if she could have known that that level of friendliness and per- professionalism, because it wasn't even friendly. I don't want y'all to think of oh she just probably liked you. No, like I said, I she was that way with the customer in front of me because I heard her and I would call my attention. I'm like, whoa, that was a little friendly. Then when it got to me, I was like, wow, same thing. So it had nothing to do with her looking at me or anything like that. It had to do with just who she was as a person, a very pleasant spirit. And I'm almost willing to bet this is someone who grew up in a very stable environment. And so I'm just saying, even if you didn't grow up in a stable environment or even a downright horrible environment, that doesn't mean that you still can't change and have a great attitude. You know, just because you've been a certain way historically doesn't mean that you can't still be viewed as having one of the best personalities of any woman that he's ever seen. That's very possible. You know, my wife grew up, great mom, great father, great family. It's not a coincidence that most people who meet her say she's one of the nicest people that, you know, they've ever met. That's just, you know, how it is. You know, I grew up in a great household. It's not a coincidence that you guys see me. I'm a pretty... You know, happy-go-lucky guy. You know what I'm saying? It's just, but again, even if that wasn't your story, that's no excuse. So, keep that stuff in mind. I want, we're gonna get ready to wrap it up in a, in a couple minutes, but I just wanted to do a couple, um, a couple more of these, uh, these advice questions. These are some good topics that I saw floating around in the, uh, you know, in the friends group, the friends of the Data on Talbert Show group. One more. And this is the one I was going to say about uh, Lynette that she posted. Shout out to her. She said, question, why do some black women sign their name doctor such as, or doctor such and such if they have a Ph.D., but when other races have a Ph.D., they only put doctor on publications or, you know, on a syllabus. Uh, For example, at the end of a Facebook message, email or text, if it comes from a black female with a Ph.D., they sign their name with their title, whereas if I get an email or Facebook message or text from a, a female uh, that has uh, of another race that has a Ph.D., she'll sign her name just Jane Doe, which is a very interesting observation from Lynette, a very interesting observation from a black woman, because the reality is she's 100% right, and I, I personally have seen that as well. Courtney, have you ever experienced anything like that? Yeah, I, I've seen it before. Um, 
you know, in past jobs or whatever, I, I've seen it, and it's 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 very um, it did stand out to me, um, especially with it would be like their job would have nothing to do with you know, what their degree was in. It was just they just wanted to, you know, sign their name and their email signature with their credentials, you know, just to brag about it. And I would notice that it would be black women. Um, and it's it's crazy um, how a lot of us will do that. Um, it's like we we want to flaunt it or, or show off. And really just to gain that attention, we want to feel proud of something because really, you know, we didn't have anyone not not all of us, but a lot of us didn't have a father to make us feel, you know, special. And so we grew up thinking that a, a great job or credentials is what makes us a great woman, and that's what that's what's going to get that, you know, attention. But you don't need to do all of that. But that's a great observation from Lynette, and I noticed that too myself. Yeah, <clears throat> very good observation. One of the things that I'll say about that is that, you know, first of all, as we, you know, we're talking, we've been talking tonight about, you know, the concept of being a, a, a bad bitch. Um, and the reality is I think that the immediate, um, you know, distinction and, and uh, image that pops into our minds when we think that is, you know, someone who carries themselves in a hoish manner like Beyonce or Little Kim, Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, Sierra, you know, uh, Janet Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, the oh, what, Janet Jackson? Yep, yep, Janet Jackson. Yep, she's the same way. You know what I'm saying? Same type of thing, selling sex. And the reality is you guys have to realize that there are a lot of professional bad bitches or even professional women who specifically because of the fact that they have their Ph.D. will classify themselves as being a bad bitch because of their credentials, because of their job, because of their education because of the size of their bank account, because of the house they live in, the car that they drive, they say that that makes them a bad bitch, which is absolutely ridiculous. You know, that doesn't make you anything. I shouldn't say that. Actually, it does. That's exactly what it makes you. It makes you a bad bitch. The problem with that is men don't want bad bitches. We want respectable, classy, godly women who clearly would never refer to themselves as being a bad bitch. My wife has never referred to herself as being a bad bitch. You see what I'm saying? If if that's what you want to be, that's fine, but that's all you'll be. Just know the ramifications. We're not here. I don't want you, you guys to think. We're not here to change people. We, the point of doing tonight's show was not to, was to, not to tell you don't classify yourselves as, as being a bad bitch. You know, you can do, you can do that. You can do that all you want. I don't. I mean, that's your decision. I just want to tell you what it is. I want to help you realize what your fate will be. I want to help you understand the consequences of referring to yourself as a bad bitch and presenting yourself like a bad bitch. Help you understand so you can make the decision of what you want to do. See, I don't tell people what to do. I'm only. The, I only have one child. Okay. I. I don't. I'm not anybody's father. I don't claim to be. I can only tell one person what to do. I can only, with you guys, I can just put the information out there and let you make your own decision. Bad bitches don't get respected. They don't get anything except sex on a Friday night. Your credentials, ladies, do not get you anything. You know how many women, I'm just being honest, you know how many lawyers, doctors, uh, uh, PhDs, you know, candidates, you know, uh, and actual PhDs, actual doctors, um, 
that I've had sex with and that have been nothing more than a Friday night freak to me, Courtney? A, l- a lot. I can bet. I'm just being, not, I mean, not only a lot, but that's all I dealt with back in the day. That's what y'all have to realize. You see what I'm saying? Like, I was the type of guy, I had, I had and have no tolerance for ghetto chicks. So... I, I just, you know, that I can probably count the number of ghetto women that I've ever even dealt with on any level, sexual or otherwise, you know, on one hand. I just, do, I just don't, that just was not my, you know, my thing. The women who I dated back in the day, you know, were the professional women, the lawyers, the doctors. Remember one woman in particular, she cracked on me. I'm, I'm standing up in the line in, in, in this uh, happy hour, like a professional happy hour, and, uh, she comes up to me like, oh, yeah, excuse me, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be too forward, but, you know, do you mind if I if I buy you a drink? I said, oh. And, and that was actually the first and only time that's ever happened to me in my life, you know, in that type of environment. I don't think that's ever happened to me. She literally just came out the book, excuse me, you know, I don't mean to be too forward, but do you mind if I buy you a drink? I said, oh, sure, that, yeah, that'd be, uh, that's no problem. I said, but, you know, we can... We can talk, but you really don't have to buy me a drink. Um, but you know, she's like, no, 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 it's no problem. It's you know, it's it's my treat. I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna argue with you. <laughs> Those drinks are about twelve bucks. You know, I'm like, hey, be my guest. <laughs> no shame in my game. But uh, you know, she bought me a drink, and so we talked. Um, now, you know, she wasn't really attractive. I mean, she was attractive, but she just wasn't my cup of tea. You know, at the time. Um, and so, uh, you know, she, I, it was revealed that she was a lawyer. You know, she had her, uh, she was working at a firm, made upwards of $100,000 a year, you know, very successful. I mean, this, I have really, honestly, I mean, this may not be the best example of that, but I actually have nothing bad to say about her. Um, she actually didn't have an attitude. She just kind of wanted to tell the story, to be honest with you. But she was a cool chick, actually. Now, we didn't end up uh, doing anything. We didn't end up dealing with each other, but... Um, it was actually cool, and I, w- I have no problem actually with how she did that. And I would encourage women to um, to not be afraid to start a conversation. Now, you know, I'm not really saying you need to buy a man a drink necessarily, but there's nothing wrong with approaching a man, asking him his name, starting a conversation. And if he's interested, you know, he will take it from there. At the time, I just wasn't interested, um, but. No, it is what it is. Courtney, would you ever approach a woman, or excuse me, a man in that way? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, I don't buy, know about the buying, buying a drink, drink part. I, I, <laughs> I don't know about the buying a drink um, part, but as far as having a conversation, yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, there's nothing wrong with that. But I guess what, what I was going to say is that, unfortunately, there are a lot of women out there, you know, who who actually – have those credentials who are the lawyers who are one who are hoes you know what i'm saying she this woman wasn't a hoe but see what you have to really it was give y'all an example i used to go to uh uh iup iup is a school out there in western pennsylvania and uh if anyone's listening who went to iup you know there was a there was a uh like what they call an honors dorm um uh what was it called i forget the name of the building at the time but uh there was that was basically where all the smart kids 
um, you know, went. It was like ex- specifically for like the lawyers, the pre-med, pre-law, like like to people with like the 4.0 GPAs, the accelerated courses and things like that. That's just where where they all lived. Long story short, there was a young woman in there who I dealt with. I mean, and she was extremely smart. You know, I mean, honestly, not, not usually nowadays. Like, if you're in college, you're probably you're smart. Like, not so much in college, but you've been in college. Like, you're a junior. You're you're pretty much probably gonna be successful. You know, depending on what your major is, depending on the situation. You know, you're you're not like an idiot. Can't be. You know, in any you know reputable school. Um, and so, she was about her business though. Probably like I think she was like bi- a biochemist major or something. Very successful and was going to be very successful, but she was a freak. You know what I mean? Like, she was, she, I can't even say she was a hoe. I mean, I can't speak to it because I don't know, like, what, what else she did, but if it was anything based on my experience, I mean, she, she was a super freak. And all I'm saying is, is that, you know, there, we did a show, Gerald and I, I think, like, if you Google prominent professional, and promiscuous, you know, on the Data on Tolbert show. We did it, I think that was the title of it, where, something like that, where we talked about some of the most professional women out there, the most prominent, you know, but are unfortunately are hoes, and they can't figure out why they're not attracting the type of men that they want to attract, you know. And I'm just saying, ladies, you can't be, you can be as successful as you want to be. You can have a Ph.D. all you want to. You, but showing it off isn't going to impress us. I could care less. I guess the whole point of all this, I don't care. No one cares, ladies, about your credentials. You guys care more about our credentials than we do about your credentials. Trust me on that. These men out here, a lot of y'all are like, oh, I want to know what he does. What kind of work does he do? Where does he work? You never hear men talking about that. Never. You ever notice that, Courtney, like women get together, they talk about, oh, what does he do? What kind of job does he have? Why? Because they want to see what type of provider he's going to be. Y'all have those conversations. That's a part of the screening process. What kind of work do you we? You could be the freaking zookeeper, ladies, <laughs> picking up dog poop. We would not care. Your job does not matter. You guys think I care what type of job my wife had when I met her? what her, her degree was in. I mean, that's stuff that came later, but I was more concerned about her personality, her level of respectability, and, and whether or not she was emotionally available. Those are the only things that matter. Your house doesn't matter, your car doesn't matter, your Ph.D., your master's, your two degrees, you know, I mean, whether or not you can speak a second language. I mean, nowadays women, oh, I want to go away to Spain so I can be bilingual. Like, what? For what? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I, and I'm not saying, let me just say this. I don't want to take away. I respect people who are about their business, people who, you know, there's nothing wrong with a Ph.D. Let me just be clear about that. I commend any woman, anybody, but specifically women, who, who you know, who are about their business and, and um, have have become successful. There's nothing wrong with success. But there's something wrong with it when you think that that gives you a, a, a step up ahead of the competition. When you think that puts you into some type of elite category where you set yourself apart from other women based on what you've accomplished professionally. That doesn't. You know what I'm saying? You you know, a man will marry a woman who, shoot, if I was single, there's a chance I might have gone back 
and drove back through that that drive through just to see what she was you know you know what that woman was all about just for the simple fact of how nice she was. See, men will do that. You see what I'm saying? In fact, I did that back in the day, like five years ago. I mean, not, not, not probably more like uh, like ten years ago at this point. But probably I'm saying five because when we first started the show, it was like five years ago. But at this point, like yeah, like ten, eleven years ago, I actually dealt with a woman who worked at the drive-through at McDonald's. I told you guys that story all the, story all the time. You know, very. Uh, she was a uh, Puerto Rican young woman. You know, had no money. No money whatsoever, but she was just so nice, so nice and humble, you know. And so that's what, you know, that's what these men are looking for, ladies. Now, it didn't work out. She actually ended up moving all the way out to California, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, don't think that you're, that, you're, that these men are would not marry uh, someone with no money over a woman with all the money. You know, I used to have one of the, one of the most selfish and the worst girlfriends that I've ever had was sitting on about $100,000. You know what I'm saying? One of the most selfish women I've ever dealt with. You know, had the type of job. I almost hope she's listening so she could hear this story. But the reality is she, I mean, she, and people around her could know. She's like stuck up, very successful, professional. But would make, let's say, you know, $35,000, you know, as a base salary. But would would get say like uh, twenty thousand dollar, fifteen thousand dollar commission checks quarterly. So what she would do is she would just take all her bills and live off of her 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 uh, base salary, which thirty five thousand is not a lot to live off. So she would basically live like she was poor, but she was stacking up these freaking twenty thousand dollar commission checks, putting them in a savings account somewhere. You know, just talking about. You know, I want to save up. But it was like she was like the type of women that we talk about. It's like, well, if you're in a relationship, you can't really. It's cool to have dreams. It's cool to have goals. But when you're in a relationship where you're trying to build something, you can't have that me, 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 me attitude. And this is the type of woman who didn't have a father in her life, you know what I'm saying, who didn't have the type of upbringing that she would have liked. So as a result, she developed a very... Um, noticeable independent woman syndrome type of thing, very overall selfish mentality. And so, you know, a lot of women, when they have that upbringing, that will cause them to think, well, I did all of this for myself, and so my money is my money, and your money can be our money, but my money is going to remain my money regardless. And that that just isn't going to be conducive to a successful relationship and surely not uh, conducive to your goals of, you know, getting a ring one day. Any is there anything you can relate to back? You know, when you were in a different place. Of course, <laughs> by this point you should know that my answer is always going to be yes <laughs> um, to that question. But <laughs> you know, just for future reference. Um, but um, anyways, just saying, yeah, that's something that um, that I could relate to. Just everything about the whole selfish mentality. Um, and just wanting it all to be about myself. And as far as, you know, building a life with somebody, you know, when I envisioned that, I really just thought about what can they do for me 
as opposed to, you know, what can I, how can we build together? What can I do for that person? And so, yeah, I, I mean, that sounds like something I would have done, like just would have stacked that paper, would have just held on to that money, and then, you know, would have expected a man just to take me out all the time and treat me all the time, even though I had money, you know, sitting there, you know. And, um, but yeah, and that, and I also didn't grow up with a father. And so, you know, that, I think that has a lot, a lot to do with it. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Oh, yeah, it's deep out here. And her story was, was very common and is very common in today's society. It's like so many women, they, they think that, you know, they, they're designer purses and they're Mercedes Benz and, you know, their, uh, you know, designer clothes, just like that entitles them to dealing with a certain type of man. And you'll even see a lot of women will look down on men if they feel as though they're not on that level where they are, when in reality is that those types of things don't matter. You know, those types of things are irrelevant. Now, clearly, she and, and women like her are, are not married and, and will remain single until they get rid of that type of, that sense of entitlement. You know, whether it's 35, 40, you know, don't be 30. We did a, a, one of the a better shows that we've done in our history was uh was that special we did it maybe about a year ago on uh how to avoid being 40 and single. That was actually considered to be somewhat of a controversial show. You know, I don't like that word, but people looked at it like that because like, oh, what's wrong with being 40 and single? What what you mean what's wrong with it? What you I mean, and, and I'm not saying that it's a death sense, but you know, I, ideally I don't think anybody would want to be 40 and single. I know I wouldn't. I know Courtney wouldn't. Now, if you are, you are. We can, you know, I can help you with that. But I'm just don't act like that's the ideal situation. Everyone wants love, and I think that that's the first part of love is uh, admitting that you both want and need it in your life. And what happens? A lot of what goes into being a bad bitch or women classifying themselves as being a bad bitch is because they're 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 too afraid to admit, hey, I want love. I need love. I don't want to be alone. That's a defense mechanism, as we talked about the other night, to to their lack of faith in God, that he is going to be able to bless them with what it is that they ultimately want, which is love. You know? Someone just posted on my wall, I love your show. Well, I, I appreciate you for listening. I thank you for that. A couple people posted that on my wall today. Great great to see people listening. Let me know if you enjoy the show. You don't have to listen with the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity sunglasses. You know, you know, let me know. Tell the world. Tell your Facebook friends. Somebody else just wrote in, uh, I just watched The Real Husbands of Hollywood, and yes, the imagery was just blatant. Check out the painting of the woman on Kevin Hart's wall. Thanks, Dadon. Now I can't help but to see it. And that's, you know, I appreciate that. I, you know, that's just what it is. Once you start, uh, once you inform yourself of, of demonic in imagery, satanic imagery, Illuminati symbolism, well, once you know what to look for, you literally won't be able to turn on your television set, te- television set and not see, <laughs> and not see everything that we talk about every day. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's literally... Everywhere, every show, every commercial, every movie, is, is it's blatant. So it is what it is, man. We're going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, I thank you all for listening in. Courtney, 
what uh what last minute words of wisdom or uh, or thoughts uh do you have for the uh for the people? I would just say, you know, to the ladies, um just to respect yourselves. You know, the worst thing uh would be, you know, to be, you know, 40 and 45 still trying to be like Beyonce. You know, no one wants you know, no one should strive, you know, to be that way. You know, you always want to strive to be that virtuous woman, and that starts with respecting yourself and, you know, loving loving yourself. And don't believe the devil's lies when he tells you that you have to dress sexy, you know, in order to, to get a husband because you won't. You know, you have to respect yourself. And when you, when you respect and when you love yourself, others will do the same. There it is. There it is right there. Say no more. Guys, you guys can always uh, hit up Courtney for advice and counseling. Um, you know, email her Courtney at trctoday.com and, uh, you know, utilize her from a, for a female perspective. And add yourselves to the Each Woman uh, Foundation group right there on Facebook. It's an all-women's group, about seven, 800 women in there, something like that. And, um, you know, just great, great fellowship amongst women. One thing that I'll leave you with uh, is I want to leave you guys with a scripture, but I want to... What we see a lot of in in in, in today's site, and as it relates to you know women who classify themselves as being bad bitches, a lot of that is is when you give yourself, your heart, your body, you know, to so many men, and just situations that leave you disappointed. What often happens is your heart it gets hardened. Okay, your heart becomes numb to the pain, the tear, the what what used to make you cry no longer makes you cry because you become desensitized to it. What one, the way that you get around that is by giving your life to, to Jesus Christ. Because God can actually soften the hardest of hearts. Okay? I mean, I don't care how hurt you've been, I don't care how disappointed you've been, God can make it so that you can love again. And until and you so all I'm saying is there are a lot of women out here who are trying to love, but with a closed-off heart. They're trying to love with a hardened heart. You can't love with a hardened heart. You can't love with a guard up. You have to lower the guard. You have to eliminate the guard, to be honest with you. That's one of the things that I help out with through private counseling. Uh, but that, that has to happen. 99.9% of women that I counsel at one point have had a severe emotional wall and a guard up. Okay? And so what I said, I said online, or I said this all the time, actually, just like a closed mouth doesn't get fed, a closed heart doesn't get loved. You know, this, I, I mean, I can't say any better than that. I mean, if your mouth is closed, you can't get any food, food in. I tried to give my daughter some food. She said, I don't want to. I don't want it. No, thank you. She's like, close her mouth. I'm like, eat the food. And she, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes she just doesn't want it. It is what it is. But you see what I'm saying? She couldn't get the food. If you if your heart is closed, you can't get love. You won't be able to love, and no one will be able to love you. So, what I said was, with, uh, or what the Bible says in uh, Ephesians four thirty one, thirty two says, "Let all bitterness, and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice." And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. 
That's a very important scripture because it tells you exactly what to do to be emotionally available. This scripture epitomizes emotional availability. When you are bitter, when you have wrath and anger and hate and clamor and and evil speaking like that woman who wrote that letter earlier saying F all men, well, that's evil speaking, filled with profanity, evil speaking and bitterness and wrath and anger and hate. Well, you're not, that's emotional unavailability in its truest form. It says, put those things away along with the malice. Because think about it. When you have that type of hate in you, malice is going to come with it. You're going to do malicious things, vengeful things, breaking windows, bashing. You know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff comes along with bitterness and wrath and anger. So throw all that stuff to the side and in turn be kind and as I just got finished speaking about having a hardened heart, you can't love with a hard heart. I just said that. Well, the Bible confirms that in Ephesians where it says you have to be tenderhearted. Okay, well, how do you become tenderhearted? Well, you become tenderhearted by forgiving those who have hurt you. It says forgive one another. If you don't, that's where the bitterness comes from. It says, and you're required to do all of these things because you have to forgive others because God has forgiven a sinner just like you, just like me. So if God can forgive you, then you owe it to whoever to forgive them. And that's, you know, this really, like I said, it epitomizes what it means to be emotionally available. Anything in the first half of the scripture, if you can relate to, you are emotionally unavailable and will not have love. You will die alone. You will be 50, 60, 70, and single if you continue to have hate and evil speaking, bitterness and wrath and anger in your heart. On the other hand, when you do the things the Bible says to do, you that's a recipe for love. So just wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back live, you know, a couple days or so. We'll see how it goes. You know how we do. In the meantime, we're very, I can't do I, I, I'm getting older, you know, aside from having a family. You know, you very rarely nowadays will you see two back, or hear two back-to-back live shows. It would be very rare that you ever see that. But, uh, you know, we'll be back later on in the week to give you guys a lot of good topics coming up. A lot of good topics, so I don't even have time to get into them now, but just understand, anytime you see live sometime in the description, you know we're live, and you know it's going to be a classic show with some classic information. So, uh, again, um, email me, call me, 855-55-DAYDON. If you haven't already, please order my your copy of um, The Love We Had, best book you ever read. And also, I meant to tell you guys, also, uh, I've been doing it for a while, but if you aren't familiar, if you're thinking about writing a book, you know, um, you know, you've written a book, not sure what to do with it, marketing, publishing, you need any of that stuff, email me at daydon at trctoday.com. I do literary consultations, uh, literary consulting, I should say, and um, have worked with a lot of best-selling authors as well as self-published authors to uh, do some, you know, some good things with their books. So that's another service offered by TRC. And um, for a listing of everything that I have going on, too much to list now, check out trctoday.com. Thank you again for listening. I will see you all tomorrow night. Peace.
Date on October, come and change your world. 